Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other. It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life. But when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's all online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash swish. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 193 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Meg. I'm Katie. And I'm Sarah. And this episode is sponsored by Nara M. Thank you, Nara. What a cool Thank name. You. Thank you, Nara M. Thank you. So today we will be discussing the second of three parts of chapter 37 (laughs) of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, The Lost Prophecy. So make sure you have read the chapter and you're ready to learn to get some knowledge through the details. (laughs) This is the book that never ends. Well, there's a lot to discuss. So it never ends. It goes on and on and on. You didn't even sing that right. How does it go? Yes, it goes on and on, my friends. Are you sure that's not also a different line of the same song? Yep. I am sure. You probably are right. I know. horrible at knowing lyrics. Yeah, I know lyrics a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, let's go to, to Megan for some weekly profit things. I see a couple of links. Yeah, I have two because I couldn't decide. So the first one is Lego announced new Harry Potter sets that are coming, and I am in love with one of them. It's the chess set. Like you build all the chess pieces and you have the trio from that moment, which is really cool. They also is Ron an older man or actually (laughs) Rupert Green? Uh, They also have a fox, which is pretty cool. He looks so cool. Um, a like big Harry and Hermione. It's like you're building the figurine, and it's like bigger than the little mini fig. Um, <gasps> mini fig. Oh mini my fig. god! Do you like fig? A chamber of secrets. Yeah, we little and Hogsmeade. <gasps> I want. So right, I'm guessing that they're gonna do maybe like multiple series of this but village it's honey dukes and the three broomsticks and like i want it bad oh my god megan how can you not get the chamber of secrets with the cat hermione i want that too does it come with hermione Hermione. (sighs) and then also the flying lesson from sorcerer's stone which is pretty cute good afternoon madam hooch (laughs) good afternoon amanda good afternoon (laughs) (laughs) who's amanda i don't know Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh, God. Terrible. You kill me. <laughs> Samantha? 
Samantha? I love that line. Samantha? Um, <laughs> with Samantha. And then the next bit of news is our first look at the Harry Potter store opening in New York this June. Dude. Uh, which looks amazing. It, it looks I need to go. So I was just, reading. Hey, a, amazing. Swish trip. Swish I mean, trip. Probably not. Um, <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. 2022. So this what's really cool about this June. shop is that it either. is the it is only going to be the third place that you can actually like interactively get a wand. The other two being like in the Wizarding Worlds in Hollywood and Orlando. Um, so that's pretty cool. But there are 15 different mm. theme areas with magical elements and they gave us pictures of a handful including Dumbledore's office, um, the the wand room, and then I also saw like a dirigible plum tree yes. in one of the pictures, and I feel like I saw one other one. Oh, and then, and then, and then Mina Lima is going to have a store like inside this store, which is really awesome. So like oh, you can get all the prints and that's stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. It is awesome. I will say it's probably going to be like very busy oh, for so, a while. So busy. So I bet there will be a busy. line, especially with um, stores having a limit yes. on people who can, on the number of people who can go into them. Uh, yeah, it'll probably be uh, a New York minute before we go. It oh, is uh. going to be three stories, 21,000 square feet. Like that's big. When people say words like that to me, it means nothing. It's a lot. Three of stories. <laughs> Holy mackerel! Twenty thousand or whatever. No, whatever. look, they have the elder one as like a pillar. That's cool. Holy smokes! Look at the no no no. Look at the ones around the um. Oh, that's really cool. The detail in this is yeah, amazing. The, like the around brick. the railing where like because it's like a spiral staircase. Oh it looks yeah, like. it's all the Holy ones. Cow. Yeah. Oh, this is good. That's cool. This is really cool. That's some cool stuff. Buddy. I wonder if they'll have uh, specific wands to this store. Um, you know how Orlando comes out with like specific wands. I, I do think that they'll have. Them, you know what I mean. I think that they'll have ones that like can choose you, so it's not just going to be character ones. So yeah, you'll be able to get mm-hmm. like the Holly wand and whatever you know the other options that they have, like like all the ones that we have that are like our own. Um, they have the crew sweatshirt from Wizarding World of Harry Potter, so it's like the like the house blue one. and gray. Yeah, they have a spirit yeah. jersey for each house. So like, there's Ooh. a handful of things that are available on the website, but then there's going to be a ton of stuff that's exclusive to the store. And I do believe that there is going to be this is going to be one of the only places that is going to have an exclusive Makuza shop because it's in New York, oh. it's be on Broadway. Okay, so let's think about this oh, for a second Broadway. because all of the things for uh, Ilvermorny and Makuza. Interesting, and all- they have cosmetics. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> that okay. blows my mind a little bit. <laughs> well, they have an Ulta line. Um, oh, Sarah. So all the stuff, all the stuff from Makuza and like Ilvermorny was taken off of WizardingWorld.com, correct? Yeah. So I wonder if they're going to start revamping that back up. And like ramping it up for the release of Fantastic Beast Three, maybe Sarah. I just posted a pin in the Discord. It's the right colors. 
The <gasps> pin is, but a lot of their clothing items are not. Yeah. I want a spirit jersey. <gasps> Look at Luna's. Ooh, they also have like eyeshadow palettes and stuff for each house. I wonder like how well, like how, like what's the quality of those? Yeah, I don't know. Um, eyeshadow palettes. That's something I would want to look into before. Also, like, I feel like I when like they have though. eyeshadow palettes, um, they play on the colors of, like, the houses. So, like... You won't get your warehouse ones. No, like, I mean, if I'm being honest, like, if you're going to wear um, blue... Like, if you're going to wear blue eyeshadow, like, you can... You have to do it right to pull it off, which a lot of, like, bright, vibrant colors like that... Um, it wouldn't make my eyes pop. I have done it before, but that's not something you would wear every day. You know, they got nail polish. The Luna nail polish is cool. Yeah. Also, I believe maybe one of only two locations where you can get the personalized Hogwarts trunk. Mm. Oh, which How is pretty cool. That guy. A oh. hundred bucks. Oh, that's not as bad as I thought. All right. All right. All right. Megan. <sighs> should people follow us on Spotify? Yes. Please make sure to follow us on Spotify by clicking the follow button on our page and share this episode with your friends by clicking the three dots in the corner of the episode page. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube at Swish and Flick Podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Swish Flick Cast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Swish Flick Cast. Supporting our podcast keeps us going and it gives you access to our exclusive Discord channel, trivia games, Swish swag boxes, and more. Thank you all so much for all of your support. If you would like to send your Potter stories, fun stuff, questions, ex- concerns, etc. to our email, you can do so at swishflickcast at gmail.com. Holy cow. Sarah and I made a discovery on this website. There's a bow truckle wand. Katie, you're going to lose your mind. And then there's like a dark arts one. The wands are cool. This is, it's Have you epic. seen the Phoenix one? No. The, the Phoenix, Phoenix wand is, the one is so cool. Kinda. So do I need that? Yeah. Because yeah. Phoenixes are my jam. Mm-hmm. They have like house ones. Mm-hmm. They have the, the sort of Can Gryffindor. Can I get that at Universal or no? No, no. these don't. No, these are not at Universal. Well, I'll have to buy it all. At least they weren't the last time I looked. You went? Okay. All right. Never knew. Katie. Yes. It's time. For the recap. Oh, I liked that. That was like serious one. I liked that. Yeah, it was good. It felt good in my my heart. I could tell. Yeah. Came from your heart's fire. All right. Recap time. Harry is portkeyed. Back to Hogwarts, into Dumbledore's <laughs> office, and he's in a bad place. He just wants to run yeah. and run and never stop. Um, Dumbledore comes back, and Harry starts to work his way through his grief. Um, Dumbledore takes tries to take the full blame for Sirius's death, and starts to unravel the truths of the past year. And that was one third. <laughs> of this chapter. Do you think he wants to scream and shout and let it all out? Mm-hmm. Twist and shout. Run and run and fast as you can. That's an old song. I have to stop looking at these things. Yeah, you okay. should. You're making me dizzy a little bit with your scrolling. Um, okay. It's, so, it's let's blue. talk about what's going to happen. Hmm. Basically, it's Dumbledore talking a lot. 
So he continues to talk to Harry about like the events that have taken place, telling him about creature and what exactly took place for those events that have taken place to happen. That makes no sense. (laughs) Uh, He also goes on to explain some things in like a way that Dumbledore explains things like, I don't know. And basically he also talks about like why he needed to stay with his aunt and uncle and like other things. But like, I feel like he explains it in a Dumbledore way. So like, do you truly get answers? I don't know. Do you? (laughs) Let's talk about that. (sighs) Let's talk about that. Okay. So basically Harry is in this moment feeling the need to justify himself and explain basically kind of for like why he went to the ministry in in the first place. So he tells Dumbledore that, you know, he tried to make certain that Voldemort actually took serious. Right. So he tells him that he had gone into Umbridge's office and he spoke to creature in the fire. And that creature said that Sirius wasn't there and that he had gone. And this is, hard to wrap your head around because basically Dumbledore just says simply creature lied. He doesn't have to obey Harry. He's Harry's not creature's master and he could lie without needing to punish himself for it. So we get a little bit of insight into more of house elf ways. Um, they're not, they don't have to obey all wizards. And, and then I I think that was something that maybe the first time I read this, I was confused about because I guess, you know, however old I am reading this book when it came, like literally when it came out, I guess I thought that creature or not creatures, but, uh, house elves had to listen always and, you know, I th- I think that like when you um, are like reading that you specifically, but the general you are reading it, you're kind of led to believe that like the majority of the wizarding world believes that they're lesser than them. So right. Should always listen because we yeah, we the collective wizards and witches or whatever mm-hmm. know better because we are better when like that's not necessarily true and we were kind of led a certain way with dobby because Mm. dobby is kind of an exception not kind of is an exception to all of this in the fact that he respects harry so Mm -hmm. much even after he is freed from the malfoy family he tells harry and half-blood prince that he'll do anything that harry potter asks of him whether or not harry is his master because harry's like telling him to go and tell tail draco to find out what he's doing and he's like, well, Dobby, I can't tell you what to do. And Dobby's like, no, I'll do anything that you say, Harry Potter. And so I guess that uh, that's where we were kind of led, which is why I think the author did a really good job with this. It's kind of jarring to hear creature just outright lied. I think maybe too, like where uh, when you're a kid, I think that like you are under the impression that like, not that he's an adult, like, creatures but like you just think that like you people always tell the truth like why yeah so like maybe you're also under the impression especially reading it when it came out all those years ago like you're at least for me i I was a child Mm. younger obviously than i am now and so i was you know you're in the mindset of like well but why would you like why do you why are you lying kind of thing so like you're automatically thinking like well why would you lie about that so you're thinking like he's telling the truth that serious isn't there and yada da 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 and then Mm. to hear that like 
you were lied to mm-hmm. and like betrayed basically, you know, um, that's shocking to hear. Yeah. Cause it's really, I mean like granted with serious, he could have been significantly nicer to creature. No. That's a whole other yeah. discussion, but like he was betrayed. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So, so Dumbledore tells him that he lied and you know, he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to listen to you. He doesn't have to tell you the truth. Doesn't have to punish himself for lying to you. And Dumbledore also told him creature. had the intention of sending you to the ministry of magic. And we, we know that that's a fact because Dumbledore, um, I believe uses legilimens on creature to figure that out. I think he says this, this later on coming up. Yeah. He so does. Harry is, yeah. So Harry is stunned by this and he asks, he says he, he sent me on purpose and Dumbledore tells him. Yeah. And then he informs him of the grave mistake that had been made earlier in the book. So this is a quote. Oh, yes. Creature, I am afraid, has been serving more than one master for months. How? said Harry blankly. He hasn't been out of Grimald Place for years. And so this then in turn reminds us of the exchange between Sirius and Creature that happened just before Christmas when Sirius shouted at Creature to, quote, get out. And that's a great little loophole for mm-hmm. Creature to have found, mm-hmm. probably every day wanting an escape. Um, I can't think that he wouldn't, um, you know, given the condition. I don't know. The house, the house just doesn't seem like a very nice place, especially with Sirius being there by himself with his mother's portrait and Creature. I'm sure that any interaction that they had wasn't a pleasant one. Well, and I think that uh, that after having months of like him being cooped up where like he can't leave the house, he's told he's not allowed to leave the house. And I think now when we started this book, we had a different perspective of not knowing what it felt like to be inside your house for months. Yeah, that's true. Um, and how that can have take a toll on your mental health. Mm-hmm. We already know that he's already suffering. He was suffering when he was a kid, and now he's going back to that house. Suffered when he was a house. kid. Suffered in Azkaban. Yes. And now Suffered he's back him. in that place where he has a lot of dark memories, and he doesn't have good memories with Creature. Um, Definitely not. And Creature doesn't have good memories with Sirius. Yeah. So the two of them in this situation, it's kind of like fuel and fire. Where like They're just kind of like feeding off each they're other in a each negative way. Yeah. Um, and it's a recipe for disaster, which we see happens yeah so creature takes serious for his word he interprets interprets this as an order to leave the house well where would a black family house elf go to the only members of the black family that he had any respect for well that's the only one left is narcissa well yeah throat weird when she left and Andromeda. He's not going to go to her. Well, she I'm just saying that, 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 that he had respect for. Right. That he had respect for. I believe I pulled that term. Term? Term. Pecky doim. Term from, from the book. I'm fine. Everything is fine. Anyways, so he goes to Narcissa, who's the sister of Bellatrix and wife of Luscious. 
Ooh. Yeah. So Harry's heart is hammering at this information. He asks Dumbledore, how do you know this? And he feels sick. And he remembers that he actually worried about Creature's strange absence during the Christmas holiday. And he remembered how he ended up turning up in the attic. Harry had a gut feeling that something was wrong. If you remember mm-hmm. back, if you, mm-hmm. you want to turn your pages back, um, if you want to, you know, pick that chapter in your Audible app, Harry actually thought that it was weird that creature wasn't around because he literally wasn't around. So Dumbledore told that Harry that he heard it straight from creature last night. And we find, um, that the cryptic warning that Harry gave to Snape in Umbridge's office was like, he has Padfoot at the place where it's hidden, um, which seems like a million years ago was actually (laughs) understood. Uh, I understand I don't, here's the thing. I don't think Snape did anything wrong during this time. He was keeping his cover and they ended up going into the forest really fast. And Snape was going after them into the forest. Do you mean like in aspects of like how he said, how he reacted? I think I don't know anything that, or I don't know what you're talking about. I I completely agree. There was no other way. Yeah. There was no other way that he could have done that. You had to keep your cover and he did go, he was going into the, going to go into the forest to look for them. So it's not like he sent a message and, and gave up or or anything like that. Like he He was actively working. I believe he like sent the message and then went, you know what I mean? Like, I think that they were already far gone though. Yes. One, the children in Umbridge were moving quickly. And two, I think that there's protocols in place for the order Mm -hmm. that you can't just go and do whatever. So like he had to like one, try to see if Sirius was there, put some things in place, make like once he read, cause I think once he realized that they were no longer in the forest when he, and they didn't return or, um, an Umbridge didn't return. Then he like really. Yeah. Talk to whomever may. Um, also, we have to remember that when Harry said those things to Snape, like Crab, Goyle, and Malfoy mm. were in the room. So, like, yeah. it wasn't just him keeping his cover in front of Umbridge. He was also right. doing it because there were kids Death there Eaters of kids. Death Eaters. True. Yeah. yeah. Very smart. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Is Pansy's parents Death Eaters? Like, is her dad a Death Eater? I don't recall hearing Parkinson being a Death I don't remember the eater. name being said ever just rude she's just a she's just a bad person (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, anywho um uh here's another quote from the book you see when you gave professor snape that cryptic warning he realized you had a vision of sirius trapped in the bowels of the department of mysteries he like you attempted to contact sirius at once i should explain that members of the order of the phoenix have more reliable methods of communicating than the fire in dolores umbridge's office kind of a crappy 2020 think back to being like you could have went to Snape. Um, Professor Snape found that Sirius was alive and safe in Grimald place. And so this way of communication, if you're unsure as to what Dumbledore is talking about, uh, what we can assume is the use of a Patronus to deliver messages. Um, Mm -hmm. A spell has to be said to, 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 to make this message. And it is said that Dumbledore created this method of communication and then taught it to members of the order. And we wait, 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 he created the Patronus messaging thing. Yeah. How cool. 
cool. He's a smart dude. Is that like canon? Is that facts? Where'd you find that information? I'm pretty sure that that's canon. Uh, that's really cool. Yeah, you can. I wonder if it was on Pottermore or something at one point. It was. It was something. Um, I miss the OG Pottermore. Yeah. R.I.P. Um, but yeah, so we see uh, Kingsley use this later. Uh, Mr. Weasley uses it to tell Ron- the trio in Deathly Hallows seven. If you're playing bingo, uh, that that the family is safe after the wedding, and yeah. It's a pretty cool means of communication. That's really awesome. And they use it all throughout. They use it throughout Half, Half-Blood Prince as well. Because we see Tonks and Harry notices that her Patronus changes into a four-legged large thing that he thought was serious as Animagus form. It's not. Um, Go ahead. That was confirmed on the author's official website back there in we 2012, go. FYI, That's that he cool. created it. Yeah. That's so cool. I'm, He's like... Amazing. Like the father of texting almost. I know. That's it's like <laughs> voicemail. That's my guy. <laughs> That's my guy. He's leader of the pack. Vroom vroom. <laughs> you know what happens to the leader of the pack? Well, vroom vroom. Next book. Folly folly. Okay. Oh. <laughs> it's really Avada Avada, but it's either, you know. Dumbledore takes a tumble. <laughs> I'm falling for you. A dumble tumble. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, if anybody can laugh about that, it's me. Anyways, <laughs> here we go. I'm okay with it because it was organized. Oh my god. What? <laughs> I said I'm okay. sad. Yeah, it's sad, but I it's not like Katie and Lupin. <laughs> what? She doesn't even get to see that happen. Yeah, yeah Lupin yeah. stuff. Sorry. That didn't happen. What are you talking about? Bob Short. Yeah, you're right. It didn't happen. So it didn't happen. Speaking of that, did you see the question I put in the the trivia? No. Oh, I didn't read your question. Anyways, let's go on. <laughs> so Snape grew worried because Harry and the other students had not returned from their trip into the forest with Umbridge, and he thought that Harry believed that Sirius was actually captured by Voldemort, and then he alerted the other members of the Order at once. Quote, Dumbledore heaved a great sigh and then said... Alistair Moody, Dymphadora Tonks, Kingsley Shacklebolt, and Remus Lupin were at the headquarters when he made contact. All agreed to go to your aid at once. Professor Snape requested that Sirius remain behind as he needed somebody to remain at headquarters to tell me what had happened, for I was due there at any moment. In the meantime, he, Professor Snape, intended to search the forest for you. But as we all know, Sirius did not wish to be left behind. He went to search for you, and he delighted or dealt not delighted whoops he delegated to creature to tell dumbledore what had happened when he arrived at grimold place after they all left for the ministry and when creature was relaying this message he was actually laughing the plan had worked to an extent i this is like heart-wrenching it's so sad especially when you think about creature's behavior in seven when he's like making them like food and stuff and he's like all washed up and cleaned after they like make their peace Ugh. with him. It's a totally, it, it, you just have to treat people with kindness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Harry Styles says, treat people with kindness. He has a song that's. Uh, Does he say that? Yeah. Good for you, Harry Styles. Watermelon sugar. Uh, hi. <laughs> 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 so Harry is disgusted 
Which one? Harry Styles or Harry Potter? <laughs> Potter. <laughs> By the fact that creatures laughing at this quote, he was laughing, said Harry in a hollow voice. Oh, oh yes, said Dumbledore. You see, and here we go. Creature was not able to betray us totally. He is not secret keeper for the order. He could not give the Malfoys our whereabouts or tell them any of the order's confidential plans that he had been forbidden to reveal. He was bound by the enchantments of his kind, which is to say that he could not disobey a direct order from his master Sirius. But he gave Narcissa information of the sort that is very valuable to Voldemort, yet must have seemed much too trivial for Sirius to think of banning him from repeating. Like what, said Harry? Like the fact that the person Sirius cared most about in the world was you. I'm not going to cry. Don't look at me. I mean, if if Creature knew that, then that was that was that must serious and Creature don't have conversations. I love Harry the most in the world. You know what I mean? Creature picked up on that from Sirius's words to other people and his behavior toward Harry. That's how much Sirius loved Harry. Just let that sink in for a second. Why you got to do this to me, man? I didn't know I was going to do this. <laughs> I'm so, tissue for your issue. I haven't said that in a while. Here we go. More quotes. Like the fact that you were coming to regard Sirius as a mixture. This is from Creature. As a mixture of father and brother. Voldemort already knew, of course, that Sirius was in the order. That you knew where he was. But Creature's information made him realize that one person whom you would go to any lengths to rescue was Sirius Black. Harry's lips were cold and numb. I just want that to sink in with everybody for a moment because we, we make all these, we say these things because we're in Harry's head and we know it, but someone who we don't get a ton of time with is serious and serious clearly has a ton of time with creature. Now, whether that's directly talking, which it probably isn't, but Creature picked up on all of these things, and he probably picked it up from their behavior with each other before Creature left or was told to get out at Christmas. I think it, that short amount of time solidified that those two were as close as father and son and best friend, and Creature gave over that information. That's what sucks so hard about this. I yeah. think that he probably came to understand that information from a lot of conversations between Sirius and Remus as well. Well, and That's I think we also have to remember that he's well. known him for so many years that he saw, he probably saw his relationship with James and how he talked like way back when, and how maybe this is reminiscent of that relationship of like, he didn't get along with his family. He didn't get along with his parents or his brother really um, from what we know. And then, James was like more than a friend to him. Like that was like his brother. Like he left his house and lived with them, right? Lived the Potters. Um, and like that was his family. And so having creature seen that and see how he was with um Harry and yeah, like probably talking about him with Remus or like maybe all of the discussions the order was having where like, you know, there's Molly who in her way is trying to protect 
not just Harry, but all the rest of the kids being like, they're just kids, they're just kids. And then Sirius being like, but he needs to know, like having the, we, yes, we saw a little bit, but I'm sure there was a lot more conversations along those lines of like Sirius always being, well, I want to say like both him and Molly were in, in Harry's corner, just going about it in different ways. Yeah. Like they both wanted what's best for Harry. They were just, didn't always see eye to eye and what was best for Harry. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Creature was able to eavesdrop on the couple of fireside chats they had too. You know what I mean? And yeah, here's Harry literally sure. asking for an, a trusted adult's advice on things. Yeah, yeah. that's going to look like a father, son, or, or a best friend figure. You creature's know? not stupid. No, he's not. No, mm. definitely not. Definitely not. So Harry asks, um, that when he asked Creature if Sirius was there last night, Dumbledore finishes this for him. He says, The Malfoys undoubtedly, on Voldemort's instructions, had told him he must find a way of keeping Sirius out of the way once you had seen the vision of Sirius being tortured. Then, if you decided to check whether Sirius was at home or not, Creature would be able to pretend he was not. Creature injured Buckbeak, the hippogriff, cool, yesterday. And at the moment when you made your appearance in the fire, Sirius was upstairs trying to tend to him. And I said, erg. And that kind of really gets me because anything hurting animals makes me want to physically harm people. Yeah. Megan. Um, I just like want to point out how, how like horribly this plan could have failed for Voldemort. Like this mm-hmm. is all dependent on a lot of things going believing a very vision. specific way. Like what if Harry actually came through the fire and didn't just do like, I'm going to pop in with my head. Like what if he legitimately flewed to Grimald place and was in there, like just started yelling for Sirius. Like it would have failed. Yeah. Right. Well, he would have tried again in some manner. I would, I would think. Sure, but at that point, like, the school year's almost over. He's back at Privet Drive. Like, there was just so much where it was, it just all worked out perfectly. And it was really lucky for Voldemort. Voldemort's in the mindset. He just has to do whatever he he can. Like, he he keeps doing these things to... His plans aren't necessarily the most well thought out, but I think he was running a high because his one in Goblet of Fire did work out. Yeah, I agree. I think think they are pretty, like, he's, he's a smart guy that, like, I think a lot of the times where, like, things don't work out, it's because of his own arrogance, like, where he's talking too much, he's doing, yes, like, where he's banking on Harry wanting to, like, and I don't even think, like, say it was even someone else like Harry would have gone Mm. to the ministry to find whomever like not not necessarily anybody but like any of the Weasleys he would have gone there order yes like anybody that he knew and like the fact that he knows how he feels about Sirius he's like there's no way he wouldn't go and like especially with big creature you're gonna be the one answering like the fire make sure that he like I think that he really thought it out and like had all of his like eyes dotted and his T's crossed and everything to the yeah. fact that like he does I think he did think this through and I mean 
it worked he, out. He knows them. I he mean, knows the, the players that were in play. I think that if it wouldn't have worked out, he would have set it up again. So it could have like, you know, just having all his little pieces in place for when he sent this, this vision over. I mean, and but I think he put all his eggs in one basket. For it this didn't it, work out anyways. Like if you think about it, no. he doesn't get the prophecy. No. Sirius dies, but he doesn't care. Like that was no, like that wasn't an end goal for him. He just didn't. That was just like, oh, whatever happened. And like, that's not a bad thing for me. I don't care. Yeah. Go ahead, May. I don't know. Just like the more that I think about Voldemort's plans and whatnot, like in my opinion, I think that there are times where we're giving him too much credit. Like, I think a lot of the things that work out the way that they do is purely based on luck. Sure. Dumb luck. And yes. And the fact that like he really is in, in certain aspects. Yes. He's smart, but in other aspects, he is so naive and so just like arrogant to the point where he lets things crumble because he's so um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like he's so sure of himself when he really shouldn't be. You know what I'm saying? I think he... well, he is full of himself and that's part of his downfall. Yeah. I think he is arrogance relies. Yeah. yeah. I think he relies too much on the fact that he doesn't believe in the power of emotion like at all. He thinks that's yeah. a weakness. So he mm-hmm. just like plays on that and only that. And it ends up screwing him every time. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I just, well, I don't know. The- I just like, I feel like sometimes we give him a little bit too much credit when like really like this whole thing could have failed in one second. And let's be honest, everybody. but like all plans, really, if you think about it, could fail. Well, well sure, true. but like if you are super, like if you're, I, I feel like he didn't have a backup plan for this. Like, but sure, like if, he could have set it up again. Think about all the things they try to do. You yeah. know what I mean? Like this was not his first plan. He's scrapping for this. Well, exactly, but it's but it's just like he never succeeds realistically. So like, well, I he don't, got his body back. <laughs> I just don't think he's that, that smart. Works. I just I I don't know. I just he's too I just disagree though. with the fact that he's a smart guy. I don't really think that he's that smart. <laughs> I don't know. I think see here, I think he I think he's smarter than you're giving him credit for. I but I think that his arrogance negates a lot of his like cleverness where he's he's so arrogant to be like, I don't really need to think about this. Like I think that you get that a lot of times with people that are really intelligent that like mm. and this is not always the case, so don't come for me, but like you you're so smart you're like oh i know that i can do this because i'm so intelligent and then you you don't think everything through because he's so arrogant mm. and he's like i know it, i'm Voldemort. i know i can do this because a b c d whatever and then obviously it's like well you didn't think about this you were too focused on all these other things i'm gonna make a really bold statement and you can feel free to disagree tom riddle is much more intelligent than Lord Voldemort. Yeah. No, I exactly. Yes, that. totally. I agree. I, agree. I just think that, I just think that he, <sighs> yeah, he like over the years, he puts all of his he eggs got in into one that basket. Mindset. And do you, do you think that like, he's, he's just not using his intelligence. So you're saying it's Voldemort because he's so arrogant and all those other things. I or think, do you think he's no longer even has it. Well, what? let's, let's, what? Think- I, I I know what you're saying. Let's think about where Voldemort is at this point. He has a lot of Horcruxes. Am I right? Yeah. So in his mind, and probably in a lot of others, he's invincible, right? He's immortal. He can't die. 
presently, he can't. So he's going into these things thinking that he can do whatever he wants and it's not going to have effect on him. He operates alone. So whoever he loses in the meantime, who cares? Not him. And he, he goes with these things. And if we're being completely honest, Voldemort could have went into the ministry and gotten this prophecy himself. He wanted to do a twofer, right? He wanted to get the prophecy and he wanted to kill Harry Potter in one fell swoop. And he doesn't understand love. And if we go back into the prophecy, Harry Potter has power that Lord Voldemort doesn't, right? Which is love. And operating alone, I think, is one of the key pillars in the downfall of Voldemort, 100%. I agree. You're welcome. I think that, you know, we talked about one with like the Deathly Hallows, how they're stronger together and the trio, they're stronger together. We're like, yes, at the very end, it is Harry versus Voldemort, but without the support behind Harry, Harry would have the, never gotten it's there. It's Harry and the trio. Yes. And not really. And it is not just Hermione and Ron that are behind him, but the support of everyone, the like all of the Weasleys of Dumbledore, really of Snape, of, of yeah. anybody that stood behind Harry and wants him to succeed that's what makes it possible for him to succeed is the mm-hmm. support that he has behind him and the love that he has behind him. And it's the love that he has for everybody at the battle of Hogwarts to get him back. Hey, <laughs> protection. He didn't have to go back. You guys, this book is about choices. He didn't have to, but we're not, I mean, well, and I kind of bring that up in my section where like, if he had been raised any differently, and I know there's a lot of people that don't like how it happened. If he had been raised any differently, he probably wouldn't have chosen to go that route because he knows what it feels like to, to not have enough, to not feel loved and to be like an outcast that he doesn't want others to feel like that. And he doesn't, you know, he's fighting for people that felt like him, people that feel like Hermione were like, they aren't from that world but they still belong and they want to belong and he's just fighting for like a better a better world mm-hmm. yeah and i think he probably would have chosen differently had he been raised differently he might not be so selfless that's well, what makes dumbledore, him a gryffindor over a slytherin dumbledore didn't see him as yes. that yes so if we're talking about wait like, i want to acknowledge what maggie just said because it's so true go ahead say it again that's what makes so him a gryffindor over a uh, Slytherin right there yes. is oh, that decision yeah, at definitely. the end. Definitely. And if we're talking about like Harry being the way that Harry is, <laughs> I'm Harry, just Harry. Dumbledore just didn't Harry. in Dumbledore didn't like when he was, um, when he put the mirror of Arised, you know, down in the depths of, of Hogwarts, like, he didn't expect Harry to just get the stone out of the mirror because he wanted to, like, keep it from Voldemort to save everybody. He didn't expect that to happen. And Dumbledore underestimated Harry right from the beginning. Yeah. And changed his thought on him. Harry's a good egg. Okay. There are some thoughts I have about that oh. whole situation. 
Okay. Because of our friend Jess. <laughs> oh, did I get into that? <laughs> you stumbled. We need to discuss it right this second. Well, let's go Any on news? with the uh, <laughs> chapter because it's like almost been an hour. <laughs> and green's about to start. All right. The worst part of the podcast. Um, He's excited for your part. I know. He's so excited. Uh, so Harry's breathing is quick and shallow, and it doesn't seem like there's very much air in his lungs. Just because it's, I mean, I think that like a panic attack is coming on in a way. Um, And he says, and Creature told you all of this and laughed. Um. Hmm. I know, Iggy. That's Bob Shorts, isn't it? So Dumbledore <laughs> explains that Creature did not want to tell him, but Dumbledore, like Tiffany said before, Dumbledore is a, as, as he calls himself, a sufficiently accomplished legilimens, and he knows when he's being lied to. So before Dumbledore left for the Department of Mysteries, he persuaded Creature to tell him the truth. And here Harry acknowledges the fact that Hermione did keep telling everybody to be nice to Creature. Um, and Dumbledore says she was quite right, Harry. And I think here, I mean, we've seen it throughout all of the books, but this is just another example of Dumbledore knowing that Hermione and Ron are good for Harry in this situation and that um potentially this is why he always makes them come together in the summer etc like they just work better together Hermione is this voice of reason behind Harry that he should listen to more often um so he says she was quite right Harry I warned Sirius when we adopted 12 Grimald Place as our headquarters that creature must be treated with kindness and respect and I also told him that Creature could be dangerous to us. I do not think that Sirius took me very seriously or that he ever saw Creature as a being with feelings, as acute as a human, as a humans, which is really sad. Um, mm -hmm. Well, especially because he's not. Sirius is not listening to his own advice. No. Yeah. And he's I blinded. wonder if someone. Yeah, he's literally blinded by hatred. And by the past and his past hurt and everything. It's just like, it's just, it's not funny, but it's interesting that he has this, you know, thought of you can tell him how a man is by how he treats his, his inferiors, yeah, his inferiors mm -hmm. not his equals. Does he even realize he's doing that? I don't, I don't know because don't he so. just has such a deep hatred for everything that was his childhood. I, I wonder if someone I, would have like been like, hey, you should listen to your own words. Yeah. Well, Dumbledore told him to. Yeah. And and the thing with that is, I don't know if Creature was an exception to his rule that he said. So let's think about that for a second, because he may not have thought of Creature when he said that. Because of the relationship that they had. That relationship was toxic and and nasty and was fed on through uh, Walburga's portrait for forever. And and I wonder. 
I wonder if Sirius took what he said, if he were if he were to able to have in his life taken that into the the wizarding world, if it, if if he would have lived by that, and if creature was an exception to that rule. What do you think about that? I st- still think that's not nice. It, of course it's not. <laughs> We're not looking for whether it was right or wrong. We're looking for the deep reasoning. Do you think that it was because of their relationship for years? That's why he treated creature. Yeah. Do you yeah, think he would have? Absolutely. So I'm saying Joe, Joe, Joe Houseelf yeah. off the street. I don't. <laughs> do you think he would have? Do you think he would have treated them lesser? That's what no. I'm saying. Was it a creature no, specific I, situation? I think yes. Because okay, for years, That's like when question. did Sirius leave his house when he was like 16 mm-hmm. ish? Yeah. So for that whole time, majority of his life outside of Azkaban, he was like the outcast of his family. Cause they all like, and we know his brother Regulus became a death eater. So his parents and his brother and creature were all about pure bloods and we're better than them. And to the point where Regulus became a death eater. And we see that his relationship with creature is completely different than creatures relationship with Sirius. And I think that, Sirius was probably they just I don't think that he had a good relationship with anybody in his household at that point in time and so coming back into that after years of everything that happened with his chosen family as in like the Marauders and Lily and Harry they all die basically my he still thinks Peter is dead and like him and Sirius and Remus don't speak for those 12 years right and then to come out and then he's out for like a little bit of time. And then he has to go back to the family home where he has all those horrible memories back to the house off where we know they didn't get along. And so it's there. Neither one of them like each other and like being in the same space. It's just not a good time. All right. I think too, like he's taking out his hatred of the entire rest of his family on creature as well. Cause I creatures all who's left. Mm-hmm. I think he's also taking out his frustration and his anger about the situation that he's in on him as well. Yes. Yeah, for sure. That's his, that's, that's his, his, which unfortunately it's not right, but, no, but I it, mean, think about he's when you're a human. Anger. He's a human. Yes. And people aren't, no one's perfect. And, and think about how sometimes when you're angry, you take it out on people around you and who's around him creature all the time Oh yeah. until he tells him to get out. It's just a perfect mixture for disaster. All right. So what, you know, what we were saying before. Yes, I agree. I think Sirius is blinded by his hatred for his family. And, you know, that is what makes him treat creature differently. And you have, you know, we also have to acknowledge the fact right here that creature does not make it easy for Sirius to treat him with respect. This is a two way street here. And while we can rag on Sirius all we want about how horrible he's treating creature creatures also treating Sirius horribly too. So it is like a double edged sword here. Yes. Yeah. Listening to what you just said and what everybody just said, I think it's less about creature being, it's not that creatures a house elf. He's an inferior to me. It's a lot of other unrelated stuff to that it doesn't matter that creature's a house elf. no that has nothing creature to could it. be sirius's brother could be anybody yeah creature could yeah. be anybody it could be yeah, he could be right. a human he could you know it doesn't matter that he's a house elf yeah yeah 
Sirius would treat Creature the way he treated Creature no matter what he was. Yeah. So that's why Thank you. I I think that I say later in my notes that like it this does kind of like this does kind of like affect how I think about Sirius as a character a little bit. Just like I'll get I'll get to it when I get to it. Yeah, so, you get to it. Um so as a Gryffindor, Sirius is hot headed. That is just a trait. We know it's a trait. What? <laughs> of Gryffindors? Um, <laughs> and I think that Sirius is very much, in my opinion, someone who only shows respect if he gets it. And this can definitely be a fault. And it's clear here that it is for him. Um, he is not going to be one to just give respect. He needs to get it back. And he's not going to ever get it back from Creature initially. Uh, and we learn that because we see how Harry turns the situation with Creature in Deathly Hollows. Harry is nice to Creature, even when Creature's not really nice to him back. And it's a slow turn. Sirius would never have dealt with that. Uh, in my opinion, this is just my opinion. So going on, Harry's breathing <laughs> became constricted. And he can't really even get full thoughts out at this point just because he's very, very angry at what Dumbledore's saying. He says, don't you blame. Don't you talk about serious like creatures a lying foul. He deserved. And Dumbledore kind of cuts in. And honestly, he's so smart here um, because it's just a different way of thinking about the situation. And he says creatures what he has been made by wizards, Harry. Yes, he is to be pitied. His existence has been as miserable as your friend Dobby's. He was forced to do Sirius's bidding because Sirius was the <laughs> last of the family to which he was enslaved. But he felt no true loyalty to him. And whatever Creature's faults, it must be admitted that Sirius did nothing to make Creature's lot life. Maybe I meant life easier. Sorry, I don't know. No, you probably meant lot. It is lot. Oh, like Creature's lot life. life. Yeah. Oh, okay, got it. Um, so, like, these are just things that no one wants to hear after someone close to them dies and you're, like, listening no, to yeah. something. I, I mean, this literally happened, you know, hours ago, right? Like Hours, yeah. So soon. So, But there are also things that just, like, need to be said because they hold a valuable lesson. And I do think that these things that Dumbledore's saying truly do stick with Harry as a valuable lesson because, again, as we see in Deathly Hollows it gets turned around. So Harry's yelling and he's on his feet again. He's, he's all caps, Harry exclamation point, Harry furious, ready to fly at Dumbledore who had plainly just not understood Sirius at all. This is Harry's mind saying these things. Dumbledore doesn't understand how brave Sirius was, how much he'd suffered. So then now he's just like, he doesn't even want to talk about Sirius anymore. So he's changing the topic to Snape, just like complete, 180 like no I'm gonna get something and I'm gonna be right about something in this conversation is basically like how this is going so he's he says what about Snape he spat you're not talking about him are you when I told him Voldemort had serious he just sneered at me as usual and I was like Harry's got words <laughs> <laughs> um and again Dumbledore stays calm and just says Harry you knew you know that Professor Snape had no choice but to pretend not to take you seriously in front of Dolores Umbridge. Also note that he called Snape Professor Snape 
but not Umbridge. LOL. He doesn't say Professor Umbridge. She's the worst and doesn't deserve that title. <laughs> totally. I like we know how it. I feel about her totally. and her, quote, teaching. I just thought that that was kind of like a snide little little dig yeah a yeah. little dig. i think calling her a teacher is disgrace to actual teachers yeah, i'm actually really offended and i believe that you should apologize bow down to teacher tiffany but <laughs> 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 oh, genuinely like she does not deserve that title no. yeah, she sucks. because teachers are hardworking and they're mm. good people and she's literally mm. nothing give it to me yes None of those things. okay i love it i'm here for it um so dumbledore explains again that snape did in fact inform the order as soon as possible he's the one who figured out where you went harry like when you didn't return from the forest like snape figured out what happened and it was also him who gave umbridge fake veritaserum when she was attempting to force you into giving up sirius's whereabouts but harry just doesn't want to hear this he doesn't care he just wants to blame snape he wants dumbledore to agree with him it was snape's fault and also saying these things was helping Harry's own guilt. Yes. Here goes Harry like, I wasn't even going to drink that tea anyway. I'm not dumb. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of surprised he didn't say that. Um, so then he keeps going and he says, Snape goaded Sirius about staying in the house. He made out Sirius was a coward. And Dumbledore says Sirius was much too old and clever to have allowed such feeble taunts to hurt him. And I question this statement because I don't I, think I it was question true. That as well. Yes. Dumbledore. I don't think it would hurt him, but I think they like I think that they go at each other. Snape and Sirius. Yes. Yeah. But do I think that either one? I think they're just annoyed at this point in time. Like maybe when they were younger, it would. I don't I don't know. I just don't see it as hurting him. But I think that they they're they have no problem going back and forth you know what and being those types of people you but know i don't what think could have happened them. you want to know what could have happened could we have made this happen could dumbledore just to put sirius in his office yeah and, and like, let him run around the forest right like could we have just made that happen i don't know if you trust him enough to like not leave <laughs> I mean, also he, like Umbridge is there, but could, also I mean, like could that's and Sirius's responsibility. And like, if Sirius is going to run off, that's on Sirius. And why is Dumbledore caring that much? It just drives me crazy a little bit, to be honest. Could have hung like, out with Fang. I wish he could have. There's there's gone a lot somewhere of what else ifs that could have happened. Um, and and Dumbledore admits to this. He knows that he shouldn't have done it, and he says it. And you can't take it back, yeah. but you know. 2020 that sasa doesn't have at the moment because her glasses aren't on <laughs> um, i don't even think i have 2020 vision with my glasses on so uh, it's just it just sucks yeah. i mean it just it I straight mean, up and, sucks in, in a situation like this when someone dies like this i think that's something that a lot of the people involved they're like i could have done this i could have mm -hmm. done that i could have done this but unfortunately, like there's there's just not what happened. You could have done, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, and there's no honestly, there's no point in in, in going down that road because you're just going to waste time. Distant Rose brings up in the in the Discord chat. Could have hung out with Crookshanks again. What about that little relationship? Oh. Yeah, that breaks my heart. They were buddies. Love they were buddies. Uh. Um, all right. So, like I said, like, I'm not so sure about this statement by Dumbledore. I think that this is really his hope, but it's maybe not necessarily true. And 
and again, like, I guess I don't know how deep the quote hurt goes between the two of them, but they definitely go at each other and they definitely get bothered by each other. Like point yeah. blank. That's just a fact. Good and I ones. would hope that Dumbledore knows that. And he's just hopeful that it's not happening, but it's definitely happening. I don't think he, I, I genuinely just don't think they get hurt by it. I think that they just don't like each mad. other. Like, yeah. yeah, like I don't think yeah. they're hurt. like, oh no, Snape hurt my feelings. I don't think Snape's like, oh, serious hurt my feelings. I think they're like, oh, I just hate I almost said a swear. I know. I saw, <laughs> I saw your little mind reeling. Like they're both all like, screw them. Like, oh, like just don't like each other, and they get on each other's nerves. Yeah. Do you know what's funny? Speaking of cuss words, <laughs> speaking of swears, I'm listening to Half Blood Prince, and there's not direct swear words. But the author writes that like Harry sweared or Ron sweared and Professor Sprout allows them to swear in class when they get like grabbed by a plant or something like it's it. There's a lot of mention of swear words in Half-Blood Prince and it amuses me a lot. See, I enjoy obviously this is a young adult or child children's book, right? I enjoy when I'm reading a book and I've realized it's not like there's a difference because they'll actually say the words. And I was like, I appreciate that because I actually say the words. <laughs> it reminds so like, me I'm of like, oh, they said it. They swore. And I was like, say the word. Like, tell, tell, I want to read them actually saying it. It reminds me of the SpongeBob episode where all the swear words are bleeped out by dolphin calls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Kate, what oh, were you going to say? Um, I think I think we talked about this in the last episode, but Dumbledore mentioned something like um, this is me being an old man and forgetting to be young. And I think that's the same with Sirius mm-hmm. and Snape to him. I mean, he's a hundred and something years old. He's over this trivial Bob short stuff going on. Right. True. So like, but these two are in their thirties. They both are serious. At least was God, very so young. <laughs> you, you're so used it's to so seeing by people who are not in their thirties. Sixty or are you thirty? What is happening? Um, serious, especially, is like repressed. He's basically still a very young adult, you know. And they have this hatred with each other. And Dumbledore is just like that's so like not even important. But you know, it's just he forgets. And it's like Meg said, hopeful that they wouldn't dwell on that stuff, but yeah. they do. All right. So Harry keeps going to try to dig at Snape and says, Snape stopped giving me occlumency lessons. He threw me out of his office. And Dumbledore is aware of this. And he says this heavily because he takes responsibility for this situation, in my opinion. Uh, I've already said that it was a mistake for me not to teach you myself, though I was sure at the time that nothing could have been more dangerous than to open your mind even further to Voldemort while in my presence. Mm-hmm. And Harry at this point remembers Ron's thoughts on this subject, which I just love a good little Ron conspiracy theory here and there, you know. Ron Bulldore? <laughs> <laughs> and Harry goes, Snape made it worse. My scar always hurt worse after lessons with him. How do you know he wasn't trying to soften me up for Voldemort? Make it easier for him to get inside my... And Dumbledore just cuts him off. Says, I trust Severus Snape. And Harry is just never going to be okay with that statement, in my opinion, until after he sees all of the memories. memories? Yeah, like yeah, literally. That's it. Yeah. He's never going to trust Snape until he sees those memories. So this statement does nothing for him at this moment. (laughs) Um, Gosh. And then Dumbledore continues. Another old man's mistake. 
that some wounds run too deep for the healing. I thought Professor Snape could overcome his feelings about your father, and I was wrong. He secretly loved him. What? <laughs> <laughs> so he secretly loved him. <laughs> I love his voice. for that in my ear. Uh, Wait, who secretly loved, did Snape secretly love James, or did James secretly James. love Snape? I'm thinking Snape loved James. Whoa. I'm sure Makes those sense. are some internet stories out there. Two horrible Maybe people in love he, with each other. And that's why he was sure. secretly jealous of Lily. And mm. that's why his Patronus is a dope because he wanted to be like the perfect partner for James. <gasps> write it. Write it. Yeah, you want, you want me to write it. Okay. And then he said, hi, James. <laughs> not that bad. What did you say, Meg? <laughs> I said two awful people in love with each other. Oh my god. Oh <laughs> Megan. <laughs> Let's just say this. One never became a Death Eater and one did. Hey. So Yep. You could be awful There's in a different that. sense though. He, awful you're just personality. Mad that he married Lillian Remus didn't, but Remus married Say it, say it right. He, he only married Tonks because he gave up Lily for James, like a f- good friend. But anyway, okay, <laughs> Harry right. was now making unnecessary connections because of his anger. So then he yells at Dumbledore. It's o- so it's okay for Snape to hate my dad, but it's not okay for Sirius to hate Creature. But the devil's in the details here, as Dumbledore points out. Whoa, Taylor Swift lyric. Okay, let's turn a phrase. All right. Um, And he says... (laughs) So Dumbledore... Remember not to get wine to Tiffany while we're recording. What? That was funny. (laughs) Sarah said, don't give wine to Tiffany. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm fine. Um... So Dumbledore explains, Sirius did not hate Creature. He regarded him as a servant unworthy of much interest or notice. Indifference and neglect often do much more damage than outright dislike. I mean, yeah. So is he saying this to like correlate to how um, Harry's the two humans that raised him, how they treated him. Cause they treated him with indifference and neglect. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that statement, I guess this is my debate here. If that is sure. truly the case with Sirius, then I, I don't think it is. I don't think it is either. <laughs> I think it adds to it. Yeah. Well, if that, I mean, if that's the case and that's why he treated creature the way that he did, that is a clear bigoted thought process regarding creature. And I'm not here for that. And I don't really love how highly he is regarded. If that's the fact when he treated creature so awfully that way. So he treated him like a servant unworthy of anything. And that's legitimately not okay. So I don't know. While I, think, I was doing I my notes I here, it say, kind of changed to, to my opinion on Sirius. I, I want to say that I think he did treat him that way because of the reasons that we talked yeah, about. Yeah, I think I don't think he creature like, specific. I, I, yes, I think it's creature specific that he treated him this way. I don't think he would treat other house elves this way because he doesn't have the same relationship he had with creature that he had. Like if he if he met other like if he was with other house elves, I don't think he would act like that. Like I think, I think he, he acts d- like that because of his history with creatures. I think so too, Megan. I don't want that to to tarnish your view I, of, of it's Sirius. still not right at all. No, but I think that's why he treats. Well, no, creature but like there's a yeah. very clear like 
I can accept the fact that he treats Creature the way he does because of hatred towards his family. And like how I was saying before, like, I don't think I personally, before doing my notes here, never thought about the fact that he treated him as a servant unworthy of much interest or notice. I didn't like that statement. I can get over the fact that he hates Creature because... He hates his family and his life there and all of that kind of stuff. But if it's truly because of like what creature is, then I want to call Sirius a bigot and I want nothing to do with him. See, I don't think that it's that at all. I think this is an I think. okay. do you see Sirius ordering creature around to do, quote unquote, servant type things? No. No, I don't think that 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 was the relationship at all. No, I think. I think that if he ever regarded him as not, I wouldn't even say like as a servant unworthy of much interest or notice. I think he treated him the way he treated him because of his past with his family and how he grew up with creature for 16 years. And creature was raised to believe what his parents believed, like serious as parents. Kara said in the chat there. Um, uh, yeah, so it says, I think Creature happened yeah. to be a servant that Sirius hated for other reasons. Right. He doesn't hate him because he's a servant. He hates him because he, of his history with him. You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah. if it was Dobby and they had a different relationship, he would not treat him that way. Like, Sirius does not seem that type of person. It's like you not caring for someone because of their personality and nothing more than their personality. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he does not seem, he does not seem the type of person that would like hate all house elves and treat them all like that. He's not to me. Sirius is not that person. Yeah. The reason that Sirius and creature do not get along is because of the way that the, the blacks, the majority of the blacks are blood supremacists. And that's how creature, that's how his masters were. So that's his ideology because that's how I don't, I don't want to say that's how he was raised, but basically that's how he was raised and that's how he was taught to be in his role in his realm of his life. And he didn't just like even Regulus, if you look at him and like how they had a good relationship, but they both agreed. We see Regulus becoming a death eater. I mean, but to go off of that, Regulus still offered creature up for the service of Voldemort. Correct. He was still treated in that way. He was dispensable. He's lucky he came back. And the only reason why he did was because Regulus called him. But he still gave him up for that service. And they had the best relationship probably out of everybody. Yeah. My voice is cracking. And I I think that Sirius just doesn't... Neither one of them see eye to eye. He thinks, like, when he sees Creature, he's reminded probably of his childhood and all of those other things. And I don't, I don't know if he even, I don't even know to say like if he hated creature or not, but he, maybe he hated the idea of creature and his childhood. Yeah. And like, that's just another reminder of his childhood and, uh, and another reminder of like the family he came from, because like that besides his mother's portrait is the only living, breathing thing that's like actually regurgitating and saying like calling Hermione a filthy mud blood and blood calling the Weasley's blood traders and all of those things. So he's constantly hearing it and he doesn't agree with any of those things. So it's making him even angrier besides the fact that he's also in a situation that he doesn't want to be in anyways, being in the house that he grew up in and he doesn't like it and being cooped up in the house where he can't leave and he's not allowed to leave. So, okay. So that's how I thought about it before reading this little section. So 
I guess what I'm going to say here is that I think that Dumbledore has got this wrong with the Sirius yes, and yes. Creatures relationship. Yes. And I, I personally do think that Sirius hates Creature. I think that that is a... Um, so I think that it's just very deep. Uh, and it's not something that, because of Sirius's personality, is not something that he could ever have healed personally. I, I don't think that 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 could have ever been healed. It. So, um, yeah, Dumbledore got that wrong, personally. He's not perfect, folks. I agree. I agree. I think that he really... I, I don't think Sirius hates him because he's a house elf. He just happens to be a house elf and he hates him. Yeah. I don't know. He got it wrong. And I think maybe part of like him tr- almost ignoring creature is just like him. Like, you know, when you have like anxiety and you just want to ignore it. And if you ignore it, you pretend it's not there. Like it's one of those things where like, if he mm. ignores his childhood, he doesn't have to talk about the trauma and, um, all of those things that like realistically, if you had, if there was more mental health that we saw in the, we back in the to wizarding talking world, about therapy here, <laughs> I mean, but Probably. like truly, yeah. first of all, there's nothing wrong with going to therapy. I think a lot of people should do it. And I think that a lot of people in the wizarding world would very much benefit from chatting with people. Mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, he doesn't want to acknowledge all of the trauma that happened in his childhood of having parents that believed in all of these horrible things and, and growing up in such a uh, hostile environment mm. and creatures, just a reminder of that. And he hates that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's a long story short. We all agree. With, well, I don't know if we all agree with Megan, but I agree with Megan. Dumbledore's wrong. Yeah. No, I, I think he's wrong. Should and, that be the and episode that's the title? Thing that people need to to wrap their minds around. Um, he is not the end all be all, although I love him so much. He's gonna get it wrong. There's no yeah. way that somebody could always get it right and always be two steps ahead and have it right. Yeah, There's think, no way. Think of Mary Poppins. She's practically perfect. Practically, in every way, but not all a hundred percent of not, the time. But not the whole shebang. That's what they say, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but smile, I- Megan. Everything's fine. <laughs> Life's serious no. again. Darn it! I really love this next thing, though, that Dumbledore says, and it moves him up in my rankings here a little bit because he talks about wizard kind, and he says the fountain we destroyed tonight told a lie. We wizards have mistreated and abused our fellows for too long, and we are now reaping our reward. And Harry misinterprets this as being about Sirius, but this is a whole bigger picture. This is like the war that is starting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I just really like that statement. I think that it is good. So Harry gets mad, yelling at Dumbledore, saying that he thinks that Sirius deserved it. But there's a difference between deserving it and being the cause of it. In terms of like this specific situation of Sirius's death, it's not that Sirius deserved it. He just played a part in the cause of it happening. And yeah. I think that's what Dumbledore is trying to get across to him. Mm-hmm. But again, like I said, this is not something that anybody wants to hear hours after your loved one dies. Right. Period. So. Yeah. Dumbledore then said, I did not say that, nor will you ever hear me say it. 
he replied quietly. Sirius was not a cruel man. He was kind to house elves in general. He had no love for Creature because Creature was a living reminder of the home Sirius had hated. See, he just yeah. said what we said. I know. So that's why I didn't understand yeah. why he said that other thing. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. So, yeah. A little um. bit flippant with our words. <laughs> it's so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's it like, is. He hated house house, but don't worry. He didn't hate all house house. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Because, like, him saying that statement is basically what we just said for 20,000 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we did talk about that more than once. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it in my section, too. Oh, goodness. This is a Righteous. part where Harry's like, you don't want to get in that part in an argument. Um, where you're flustered, you probably know that you're not right, that you're losing the argument, and you just <laughs> yes. kind of like yell something like, Yeah, blah blah blah. Well, this is Harry. He's like, Yeah, he did hate it, he did hate living there, and he just like turns around. This is me because I can never think of good things this, to say in the heat of the moment. Me too. The worst, you know? <laughs> me too. And I think of all these really good comebacks like two hours later yep. yeah. when I'm in the shower crying. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I think it's- <laughs> Harry's a raging. He says, yeah, Sirius did hate being locked up. So again, he's like, you're at that point where you're trying to throw blame because you just suffered huge loss. You just want to pin the blame on somebody, anybody, anything, because it hurts less than his personal guilt that he feels about it, which is really sad. Um, and his his voice cracks when he says it, just like mine did, for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> and he turns his back on Dumbledore and he walks away and he's like, you made him stay shut up in that house and he hated it. That's why he wanted to get out last night. And Dumbledore says, wow. I was just... Partially. What's that? To be fair, I mean that's 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 not the entire reason why yeah. Sirius wanted to get out. Sirius wanted to go out to to get Harry. Right, right, yeah. Um, and Dumbledore's like, I was just trying to keep Sirius alive, and Harry very furiously turns back around and says, "People don't like being locked up. You did it to me all last summer." Ooh. Which, you know, who Harry all feels this. <laughs> who all feels this? Um, Harry hasn't been able to say this to Dumbledore all year because Dumbledore hasn't looked or talked to him all year. So it's a mixture of anger that has built up for literally almost a full year and now this new grief. And Dumbledore actually stops and buries his face in his hands, which is a very uncharacteristic sign of exhaustion, of sadness, um... But whatever it is that Dumbledore's feeling, it doesn't make Harry feel any bit of sorry for him. It doesn't soften him at all. And it actually makes him angrier. And it says that he is like angry at him for showing any kind of sign of weakness. Um, Quote, he had no business being weak when Harry wanted to rage and storm at him. So as I've stated before, Harry needs an outlet for his grief. Um I don't think in any other circumstance he would feel this way towards Dumbledore. But uh, Dumbledore says, It is time for me to tell you what I have, what I should have told you five years ago. Here we go. 
<laughs> but he doesn't. I mean, but like, really? Like, what? What does he say to him? Nothing, in my opinion. I get nothing from this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, not a lot. Well, you do, but he you don't. Also, him like Voldemort, they like to talk. It's just all this whole this whole episode is Dumbledore Slow down. just wasting his Slow breath. I wouldn't down. say wasting, but he's just, you know. Harry doesn't know that he that has to me. be. Well, yeah. But he doesn't know that he is it. I didn't know he was it either. I thought that was Pennywise. Oh, my God. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> that book is thick with two C's. I don't read scary things. Nope. <laughs> Go ahead, Kate. Um, so he says, it's time for me to tell you what I should have told you five years ago. Please sit down. I'm going to tell you everything. You're lying. I ask only a little patience. You'll have your well, chance mm. to rage at me to do whatever you like. When I have finished, I will not stop you. He doesn't. I have things to say as well. He We're probably saying the same. Probably. Thing. But to be fair to Dumbledore here, he is not positive Truth. Yes. on Truth. a lot of things that we yes. end up finding out. And that is information <laughs> that you don't tell someone lightly. You can't yeah. just tell him that he has to sacrifice himself when you're not a thousand and twenty million percent positive that that's what he has to do. Because right. what if you say that? And then it ends up not being true. And you just like mentally traumatize this kid. So when does he figure that oh. out? Sorry, I just want to know. You would know because you're a Dumbledore lover. When does Dumbledore find out that Harry has to sacrifice himself? Does he ever? He's never he positive. He's never positive. That's a branch of magic that it's only I feel like only known that Lily did. Well, literally, Harry only finds out. Like when, when he, he needs to do it, like for if sure. If Harry had known earlier well, than he tells knew, him when Dumbledore when they're both dead played so, out differently. Yeah, in the afterlife. Yeah, that's when he finds out. <laughs> right. Anyways, what I was going to say to go along, <laughs> I spit. I'm into this. To go along with what Megan was saying, you definitely don't tell somebody those things lightly, especially when you're not 100 percent correct. <laughs> Mix it up. (laughs) See what's going to happen. I love you so much. It hurts. But like we even see this in Half-Blood Prince. When who's the Half-Blood Prince? Somebody. I don't know. Some Eileen lady. I don't know. Some (laughs) throwaway lady. Eileen Prince. (laughs) Megan's trying to keep like the straightest of faces. She's not amused. (laughs) It's okay. I said Voldemort killed Regulus. So we're both very smart. I thought gooses and geeses were different. So it's okay. (laughs) I pronounce Robert Ruber. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dumb. What is wrong with us? (laughs) Too much. Uh, A lot of things. This is a book club. That's what we do. Um, So in Half-Blood... What are you doing? Is that a CD? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) What happened? I can do. (laughs) I hate us so much. I'm going to pee my pants. I have to say this before I forget it. I have a mom brain. I'm sorry. Um, so in Half-Blood Prince, Dumbledore won't even tell Harry 
what horcruxes are or anything to the like until he gets the memory from slughorn so like he True. still doesn't even... why didn't he just tell him those are the shoes that tom riddle likes to wear <laughs> <laughs> i know horcrux <laughs> so <laughs> so like he he still doesn't tell harry things and he only guesses in that moment after they come back out of the pensieve looking I'm sorry, the what the pensieve looking at <laughs> slughorn's real memory that he actually says that he thinks that there were six Horcruxes created, which technically there are seven, including Harry. And if you want to count the piece of Voldemort, it's eight. Okay. Just which saying. piece of Voldemort? The part that's in the, the part body? The that's in his, his own. The his tomato or the sauce? that he owns in himself. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to get into that. I would think that he's the tomato, wouldn't you? What? Or is the... I think each each piece of the soul is like a chunk of tomato. It's the sliver <laughs> and the things that it's encasing the horcrux the soul, is being created that's is water. the sauce <laughs> yeah it's water so like, and it's if down. you take water the cup the down. cup is the water the the soul in all the right, cup all is right. the the all right chunko tomato but there's more than just so if we're talking about tomato sauce there's more than just tomatoes and tomato sauce there's salt but is and there it depends on who makes it <laughs> me for flavor when was the last okay well, well my, that's a whole other conversation my mom and dad my mom and dad make it so yes when i make an actual tomato sauce like from <laughs> Like not out of a can. Oh, of course, I'm adding like all of these. Do things. you grow your own tomatoes? Well, no, I don't grow my own tomatoes. I buy them from the store. <laughs> so you don't really make it yourself. Did I don't make the tomatoes, but that's glasses. mean to say that I don't make my own tomato sauce, which I haven't done in a long time. But yes, uh, I did, didn't I? <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> she was a living embodiment of the nerd emoji it was amazing so are you telling me that you want to know like what's the water the tomato the like onions like, the garlic like, all of these individual pieces I gotta see it written out honey it's your homework right. okay okay <laughs> what's oh what's I just got on? real bad thoughts so maybe I shouldn't do it I thought this was gonna be like a really serious <laughs> That's because we had too much wine tonight. Wine. Goblet what did Alana wine. say today? It's no wine today. Did she say that? <laughs> yeah, you didn't she hear was say that. Wrong. That was a bottle of it. All right. Uh, who's talking? I Catherine. literally <laughs> forgot it was my section. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, anyway, so we know that Dumbledore doesn't actually give the whole picture. But in this moment, when I was reading it for the first time, I was like, oh, my God. That you know, there's only seven books, right? Like this is book five. What is she gonna tell us? What's the author gonna drop here? I was super because we excited. always knew that there was gonna be seven, right? So yeah, right. So and like you know, book five was coming out. This was the first book I like got to look forward to coming out and like actually theorize a little bit and everything. And like it was the longest book yet. And, oh my god, you're building up to all this. I was a very excited fifteen year old. For sure. Um, so Harry glares at him, but he flings himself back down into the chair and he waits like, fine, I'll hear what you got to say. Um, so Dumbledore says, five years ago, you arrived at Hogwarts, Harry, safe and whole as I had planned and intended. Well, not quite whole. You had suffered. I knew you would when I left you on your aunt and uncle's door, aunt and uncle's doorstep. I knew I was condemning you to 10 dark and difficult years. So this does reveal, as we know. The Dumbledore did have a plan for Harry. 
I don't think he ever Always. intended <clears throat> to care for Harry as much as he did. I don't think he ever mm-hmm. intended for Harry to live up to everything as he did or mm-hmm. um what am I trying to say? Meet the challenges that as he did. Um and I'm not bashing Dumbledore for this, but he knew that he was sending Harry into an abusive home. I'm not bashing him because he's about to state just how difficult the decision was to make. And I really don't know. Like, no, that's not cool. But it really wasn't like he was just like, oh, yeah, send him off. It's fine. It was hard. Um, We'll see that as I continue on. So he says, you might ask, and with good reason, why it had to be so. Why could why couldn't some wizarding family not have taken you in? Many would have done so more than gladly, would have been honored and delighted to raise you as a son. So he answers that my priority was keeping Harry alive. Um, Harry was in more danger than I think anyone except for maybe me realized. Voldemort had just been vanquished hours before. There were still his supporters out there, many almost as terrible as Voldemort himself. They were at large, angry, desperate, violent. We see this with the Longbottoms. I mean... Bellatrix, her husband, his brother, and Barty Crouch Jr. went out after Voldemort was gone and tortured the Longbottoms. Mm-hmm. Yes, Sarah. Um, like going back on that, that's totally true because people like when that happened, part of why it was so shocking was because people thought it was over. Yeah. Right? And then to see that happen, mm-hmm. it was like almost like it's not ending yet. Mm-hmm. And and for years, like he does have supporters out there that weren't caught. They were never gonna let it jail. go. They yeah. were never going to let her go. That um, That's something that would have lived on uh, Grindelwald. Let's take Grindelwald. That ideal has been around mm-hmm. and was going to continue to be around mm-hmm. because that kind of stuff breeds, right? Uh, for example, if you take uh, racism within America today, that has been, it's, it's just been around. And it's because of the way that people are raised and we're going to have to get out of it. Hundreds of years. Yeah. It's been around. You it's, know what I mean? It's deep. And, well, and, and if you, and if you relate it to the wizarding world, think about how long they've been around. Yeah. This is in the nineties. They've been around since what? What's well, Hogwarts BC. Is, yeah. BC. Right. Long, long time. So that kind of stuff is not like you have to actively work to get that out. Yeah, it's deeply rooted. Yeah. And you need to, you know, stop it. Yeah. Mhm. Agreed. Um so Dumbledore is not just making a decision for right now. He's making a decision for the future as well because he says straight up like I didn't believe Voldemort was going to be gone forever. I didn't know if he's going to be back in 5 years, 10 years, 50 years, but I knew for sure he was going to come back. And knowing him, I know Voldemort wasn't going to rest until he came and killed you. Um, he also knows that Voldemort has an extensive knowledge of magic and that even Dumbledore's own most powerful spells and charms probably weren't going to work against him if he came back to full power. But he did know Voldemort's weaknesses. So he made the decision, protect Harry with ancient magic that Voldemort does know about but despises and always underestimates um so this is the protection that lily gave to harry when she sacrificed herself um dumbledore reminds him this is a protection that still flows in your veins right now so he put his trust in his mother's blood and gave harry 
to Lily's sister, her only remaining uh, relative. And Harry interrupts and goes, she doesn't love me. She doesn't give a damn. And Dumbledore interrupts him and says, but she took you. It may have been grudgingly, furiously, unwittingly, bitterly, but she took you. And that sealed the charm. And he says, your mother's sacrifice made the bond of blood the strongest shield I could give you. And then he goes on to say, while you can still call home the place where your mother's blood dwells, there you cannot be touched or harmed by Voldemort. He shed her blood, but it lives on in you and her sister. Her blood became your refuge. You need to return there only once a year, but as long as you can still call it home, there he cannot hurt you. Your aunt knows this. I explained what I had done in the letter I left with you on her doorstep. She knows that allowing you house room may well have kept you alive for the past 15 years. Yes. I know this is like a technicality because, yes, he did kill Lily. But, like, if he evaded her, is he technically spilling her blood? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. How just things to think (laughs) just because I don't remember what stopped anybody. What stopped Bellatrix from attacking at the Dursley house? Because he just mentions protection from Voldemort. Literally, you get stopped going to Privet Drive. Okay. Like, they cannot get within a certain... Like, it's like literally it's, like, like a remember boundary. in Death... Uh, is it Deathly Hallows? Yeah, remember yes. in Deathly Hallows whenever they're Around like... Around all the safe houses. Right. You have to operate out at a certain point. It's the okay. same type okay. of protection. Okay. Thank you for reminding me. Just needed a little yeah, refresher well, there. Seven. 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 I know. I need Seven. to read it. Stop. Where's my bell? Seven. Okay. So Harry is hearing all of these things and he's basically like, hold up. And then I wanted to reference a song, but I didn't remember what song it was because he remembers, you know, after the whole Dementor attack with him and Dudley that his aunt was sent to Howler and he's realizing now that that was Dumbledore's voice in the howler and he being Dumbledore told her to remember, like remember my letter sent to something, remember it because like that's important. And it's like, yes, he's like, yes, I wanted to make sure that she remembered that pact that she had sealed when she took him in. And so the Dumbledore, or that was the Dumbledore attack. The Dementor attack might have um, opened her eyes kind of to see like what, what the dangers would have been. For having Harry living with them because yeah like he's being attacked like those Dementors were sent we now know from or because of Dolores Umbridge but like because he's Harry Potter and and having him in her house is is and it's dangerous you know um so yeah Katie so I just thought of this and maybe we talked about it before I forget things instantly Tiffany when I become a mom if I am lucky enough yes. to be I'm totally just it's going to be bad if I have a mom brain. So yeah. did... No, it's it's um it's a hard life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Based on how Vernon reacted to Petunia saying, no, he stays. Did she, like, never share with him, like, the extreme danger of keeping Harry in the house? Do you think she, like, never disclosed that? I don't know if she that? really realized it. Mm. I think that... um I don't think she ever let him know about that first letter from Dumbledore. I think she probably hid that from him because she doesn't want to um, acknowledge that part of her life um, and make Vernon angry. Yes. Okay. 
I was going to um, say, because that's not the first letter she's gotten from Dumbledore. That's what I'm saying. So, like, I, I tried to find out, because I remember in the past that I tried to find, like, what exactly, or I'd read some somewhere I was reading online about, like, what that first letter, because she had written way back in the day, we find out that, like, when she finds out that Lily is going to Hogwarts, she tries to write and be like, I want to go, too. Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore's like, sorry, bro, you can't. Sorry, bro. Um, <laughs> what if that was all it said? Sorry, bro. <laughs> Best. Albus. <laughs> first of all. <laughs> Brian. Brian. <laughs> so he, we know that he, when Harry's the babe, he's about a year and a half ish old and he's dropped on his aunt's doorstep. The There's babe. a letter with him. Um, and I, I honestly, I very much doubt, in my opinion, in my headcanon, that she did not share the letter with Vernon and she probably was just like, this is what it is. And like, I know that she and her sister had a tumultuous relationship. Um, and I think that for petunia she did care for her sister but i think there was just a lot of other emotions that maybe negated some of the way she felt to her where like lily loved her sister um and and that was just a hard relationship where like she married someone that completely hated all of that magical things and all of that um and and that's really a conversation for another day but that affected their relationship and and lily being a witch anyways affected her relationship with petunia but to say that, like, I don't think she hated her sister. I think that there's a lot of other um, emotions Jealousy, going in. I think. Yes. Hurt. So. I mean, every, every hatred isn't going to be the first emotion, right? We talk about secondary emotions and anger being one of those. Like, she loved her sister and she was devastated. And I think that that her parents doted on Lily also aided to that devastation yeah and it's just a bad cocktail for turning out a person that fell in love i don't know how much with you know a dursley yeah um so like i i tried to like look up on the internet i was like went to the good old google and i was like hey google tell me what you can about this letter that dumbledore wrote originally in 1981 to petunia um so like this it's on stack this part's on stack exchange stack exchange um and it kind of talks about like at the very beginning with harry and it's harry and uh, petunia and uh vernon he's like getting getting kicked out <clears throat> and harry sees that there's a howler and he's like dude you're gonna want to open it like just get it over with it's gonna happen anyways no and it's like aunt petunia's hand was trembling she looked wildly around the kitchen as though looking for an escape route but was too late the envelope burst into flames aunt petunia screamed and dropped it an awful voice filled the kitchen echoing in the confined space issuing from the burning letter on the table remember my last petunia Mm -hmm. um and i think that like part of the reason why uh it's so like uh, how does it say awful voice is because he's like urgently being like, don't let him leave your house because what just happened shouldn't have happened. And he knows that Voldemort's out there and he's trying to protect Harry because like homeboy's going to die if he goes out there and Voldemort can get to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this one person's like the best I can think of right now comes from this um, post Deathly Hallows interview. And it says, what did Dumbledore write in the letter to, that made the Dursleys take Harry? And then this is from the author at Cambridge, except it does not say Cambridge. It says Carnegie Hall, October 2007. 
It says, as you know, um, as we find out in the book seven, in book seven, Petunia once really wanted to be a part of that world. And, and you discover that Dumbledore has written to her prior to the Howler. Dumbledore wrote to her very kindly explained why he couldn't let her come to Hogwarts to become a witch. So Petunia, much as she denies it afterwards, as much as she turns against the world when she met Uncle Vernon, who was the world's biggest anti-wizard you could ever meet in your life, a tiny part of her. And that's the part that almost wished... Harry good luck or Harry luck. Um, when she says goodbye to him in this book, she just teetered on the verge of saying, I do know what you're up against and I hope it's okay. But she couldn't bring herself to say it. Years of pretending she doesn't care uh, have hardened her, but Dumbledore appealed in the letter you're asking about. So that part of Petunia that did remember wanting desperately to be a part of that world. And he appealed to her sense of fair play to a sister that she could, or that she had hated because Lily had been what she couldn't have. So that's how she persuaded Petunia to keep Harry. Uh, good question is what she said. So basically like appealing to Petunia's better nature and her jealousy and love for her sister, for all that she had envied Lily. I think that the scenes, this is now the person who's like, not, not the author, the person saying this for all that she envied Lily. I think the scenes from Snape's memories show that she did love her. And since Harry is Lily's only child, she might have been persuaded to take him in. We also know that Dumbledore gave her at least a uh, cursory explanation of Lily's sacrifice and how Harry would be safer with her than anywhere else. In order of the Phoenix, Dumbledore mentions part of the letter to Harry. And then this is in the same chapter um, that we're talking about the lost prophecy. While you can still call home the place where your mother's blood dwells there, you cannot be touched or harmed by Voldemort. You shed her blood. Even though technically she didn't because Katie, you know, just read this and we talked about the figures. <laughs> I know. Um, and you only need to return there once a year, but as long as you can still call it home there, he cannot hurt you. Your aunt knows this. I explained that I had done that in the letter with you. I left with you on her doorstep. She knows that allowing you, House room. I don't like that. May have kept her alive for all. May have kept you alive for these past 15 years. Um, so this means that he must have also must have given details of Voldemort in the first wizarding war and the potential danger to Harry. Petunia had some idea of the dangers of dark creatures, centrist dementors. What? What did I just read? <laughs> no one knows. Petunia has some idea of the dangers of the dark creatures, such as Dementors, and may have noticed the effects of the first Wizarding War in the Muggle world. Um, Dumbledore probably gave her more of an idea of the threat than she ever lets on. Um, so that's from Stack Exchange. Um, Cora had some cool ones, or I think it was like people writing um, letters, like, in Dumbledore's point of view. Um, and it says like, what was in the letter Dumbledore wrote to Petunia when he was leaving Harry at her doorstep. Um, and this person writes, dear Petunia, you asked me once why you weren't magical, like your sister, why you couldn't come to Hogwarts and had to wave. Mind you, this is someone's writing. Like this is not Canon, but I just thought it was cool. Oh, okay. It says why you couldn't have come to Hogwarts and have to wave desolately from the platform at the train, escaping away, robbing you. I do not endorse the term muggle, Mrs. Dursley. I believe we are all magical in our own ways. Your sister loved you for who you were. And I know that there is someone inside you who loved her back. Regretfully, that sister is gone. Lily Potter, knee Evans is no more of this earth murdered by a foul creature that shall harm no more, which is a lie. 
And thus, between you, Dursley, this is a request. The magic you never found. Do try to see it in the baby I now entrust to you. I am resourceful enough to find other venues of safety for this child, but it is my gift to the girl who once wanted to find magic in her life. This is the last symbol of Lily Evans, the sister you loved and loathed. Treat Ooh. him like your own, you would your own. He will be protected under your care, a last promise left by your departed sister. And, and, and you are welcome to Hogwarts you always were. You were no lesser than Lily, my dear Petunia, no lesser, and that is why I shall trust you to care for the child of the sister you lost and raise him into a proud wizard worthy of his legacy. Remember that I believe in you. Yours sincerely with warm regards, Elvis Percival Wolford Brian Dumbledore, Headmaster Say Brian, right. Brian. 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 <laughs> um, and they have like a couple other writers that have like, uh, I just thought that was really cool that they. P.S. He has your eyes. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I like that they had people write in. Not your eyes. What they might. Her yes, her eyes. What's wrong with me? Um, we know. What they might think the actual letter read like. And I, I just thought that was really cool. Um, and the wiki, it doesn't really have much more because there's not much known. No. Um, it's like saying the contents can be presumed to include the news and circumstances of, of Lily's death and James' death the magical protection, which will be placed upon um, floor privet drive when Harry is to be adopted, the potential dangers, which could befall Harry and Petunia's family. If Harry is to leave the house before his 17th birthday, um, regardless of the content, Vernon and Petunia did not reveal the information to their nephew. Instead, they spent the next decade of their lives attempting to keep Harry ignorant about not just the circumstances of his parents' death, but also the wizarding world altogether. Um, so, just thought that was interesting that that there was like kind of different perspectives of of what the letter could be, especially with the core article where it was literally like having um, people like write out the letters. Yeah, Cora's amazing. So I love Cora. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cora. So Harry Cora. does confirm that yeah, his uncle like Vernon was ready to kick him out, and Petunia gets that howler, and she's like, no, he's got to stay. Um, and so like Harry's like kind of like what does that have to do with Sirius? But he's like not even able to say like Sirius's name. So Dumbledore goes on to say that um, when Harry arrived at Hogwarts five years ago, while yeah, he wasn't happy and he really wasn't well nourished um, as much as Dumbledore would have liked. Harry was alive and healthy. And I'm like, well, if you're not well nourished, you're probably not that healthy. (laughs) I thought the same Um, thing. Quoting from the book, he says, you were not a pampered little prince, but as a normal boy, as I could have hoped under the circumstances, since we've made the conclusion on this podcast that like Harry had Harry grown up differently, maybe with living in someone else's house, um, he might not, he might've made like a different choice in the end and, and could have chosen not to sacrifice himself in the end, which I think is a pivotal, uh, point to the to the book series you know i think things would have ended up differently had he not chosen to do that you know Mm. with that protection yeah that was important so dumbledore again goes into talking about harry's first year and how he quote rose magnificently to the challenge what challenge is that dumbledore Hmm. Hmm. what challenge is that Hmm. you know did you set that did you set that up why can why can a couple of 12 year olds beat you Hmm. and all your other professors that are grown wait what are you talking about? I'm talking about the whole, like all of those things, like to get to the sorcerer stone. Yeah. Those were set up for them to be successful. Why though? Why is he doing that? Because he has to raise Harry and try his strengths. So you agree that he was 
That's what I'm saying. This is the whole theory that we were talking about. This is about. not a pig fleur slaughter. I didn't say that. But I'm just saying this is to be successful in the end and beat Voldemort. Tiffany, can I ask you I a question? successful very weird. Sure. Do you Correct. just like carry that Dumbledore book around and anytime anybody <laughs> says anything about Dumbledore, you're just like raising it up like uh i actually look. just found the author of this book on twitter and so i've been tweeting him <laughs> but yes read it honey i will but i don't disagree with that fact no that, it was that it was his it was, that it was like his only control like so our friend jess if you listen to her podcast is the horror crux podcast um not she horror talks crux. about horror that we have this whole conversation about dumbledore setting harry up for all of these things um and we're gonna do a whole other episode because i cannot do it justice how she talks about it but yes how like dumbledore has it set up where like he can you let me talk yes i'm just i'm agreeing yes let's go say it um but he has it set up so like this is a very controlled as controlled as dumbledore can get it to make sure that harry knows what to do Mm -hmm. um and part of dumbledore's plan to make sure that like things end up the way they're supposed to end up. Mm-hmm. But we're going to talk about it with Jess cause she's better at talking about it than I is. Anyways. So Harry has to face Voldemort had to face Voldemort sooner than Dumbledore thought, but Harry came out on top and he delayed Voldemort's return. And Dumbledore says that he was prouder of Harry than he could have said like in that moment. So then he goes into talking about like how there was like a big flaw in his plan. And he says, he's quoting from the book, yet there was a flaw in this wonderful plan of mine, an obvious flaw that I knew even then might be the undoing of it all. And yet knowing how important it was that my plan should succeed, I told myself that I would not permit this flaw to ruin it. I alone could prevent this. So I alone must be strong. And here was my first test as you lay in the hospital wing Weak from your struggle with Voldemort. So Harry isn't sure what Dumbledore's talking about. He asks him if he, um, he being dumb, dumb, blah, blah, blah. Dumbledore asks him if he remembers, like, asking why Voldemort tried to kill Harry as a baby. Um, and, like, should he have told him then? And Dumbledore's like, well, he decided not to tell Harry because he knows the answer, you know? Um, and he's like, he had told himself, Dumbledore had told himself that like 11 was too young for him to hear it. And he's another little quote. It says the knowledge would have been too much at such a young age. So like Dumbledore's choosing not to tell Harry at this moment in time, because he thinks Harry's too young to hear it. So Dumbledore continues to say that like, he should have recognized what was happening and like why he wasn't more concerned with the fact that Harry had asked the question so soon. And like, he was going to have to give him that terrible answer. Like he was, he hopefully would have given Harry that answer soon. Right. Or like eventually before double advice. Right. So he should have seen that he was too happy not to give him that answer using the fact that like he's, he's using Harry age, um, as the reason why he didn't answer him then. And then during Harry's second year, he again has to face Voldemort and it's, he's, he has to do things that like grown wizards never have to face. And it says, once again, you acquitted yourself beyond my wildest dreams. You did not ask me again. However, why Voldemort had left that mark upon you. We had discussed your scar. Oh yes. We came very, very close to the subject. Why did I not tell you everything? So he's kind of like going through and being like, this is what happened, but I also wasn't telling you things I knew at the time that I could have told you because he's using the fact that he 
thinks at this point in time that Harry's too young to hear it. He doesn't want to tell Harry because he's so young. Yeah. Well, and, and going into that, um, Dumbledore has had his own hard childhood and upbringing. And he sees a lot of himself, I believe, in Harry. And I think we talk about the age and we think about, you know, somebody being a child and having this cloud over them that they don't know about. You have this information. When do I tell you 11's too young, 12's not much better, right? He also wants Harry to have good things in life, right? Have a childhood. Um, Live a little, have fun, have friends, have love, build relationships and all of these things. And he cares about him so much. He said he cared too much. Well, like, and that's the flaw of him caring too much. That's why he didn't, when he first asked that question when he was 11, well, technically he was 12, but no, he was almost 12, whatever. But like, that's, that's what he's saying right now is that like, because he cared too much, he's like, yeah, you asked me the questions, but I wasn't giving you the answers. Not to say that's right or wrong. And at this point in time, Dumbledore himself has a lot of flaws that I think that people forget. Mm-hmm. So like he himself is saying like, I should have told you them because you asked, but I thought that you were too young and that's why I didn't do it. And that's, to be honest, uh, a battle that every parent or parent figure faces. When do I tell my child all these atrocities? When do I tell them that not everything is, this is going to make me cry because I think about Alana that there's not always good people in the world. Yeah. And that's really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And if, and if you're not a parent or a caregiver of a young person or deal with children, you might not be able to understand that. And it's not necessarily withholding information. It's that you want to protect them and ease them into it the best that you can without shielding them too much. And nobody, 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 even the professionals in the childcare field are going to be perfect in releasing this information and scaffolding this out for children. It's just absolutely not possible. So you're going to make mistakes. And personally, I have a life experience that my parents made choices. And I'm not going to share this with the podcast, but just know that my parents made choices that when I look at it, I'm like, I don't think I would have made those choices. But they did what they thought at that time was the best for their family. And you absolutely cannot pass judgment on people for doing what they think is best when they want to protect someone in a healthy way. You're not wrong. I agree. Well, and so, I'm just, well so I, I think we that. also are seeing this where this is Dumbledore kind of processing out loud with Harry, how like he is looking back and thinking like I he yeah, 2020 vision. I know they say that all the time, but like thinking he could have done things differently and maybe things would have worked out in a different way. But at the same time, he's not he, technically in this realm. Yes, they can use time turners, although they're destroyed, whatever, to go back in time. They, you really can't and go back in time and change what happened. And so like, yes, Vol or Dumbledore, like nobody's perfect. No one in the entire world, real or fiction is perfect. Yeah. So like, yes, he made mistakes because he is a human being. Human beings make mistakes and all they can do right now is just move on and work through it. You cannot go back. 
correct. So he's he's processing the fact that like he's thinking like, yeah, part of part of this is is Dumbledore being a human being and having gone through things in his childhood where he had both of his parents, all that stuff happened, his sister dying, not talking to his brother for a million years. Like Mm. he doesn't want to have to go through that heartbreak again and getting close to Harry when he knows I shouldn't not 100 percent, but he knows that the outcome is not going to be great especially when you're you're facing going into a war and he knows that like harry is is pivotal to this this is the kid pivotal to this to this movement and to this war that like there's a high outcome that no one is going to make it out that he's not going to make it out alive that harry's not going to make it out alive and he doesn't want to have to go through that heartbreak again because that sucks that i mean there's no if ands or buts about someone being close like you being close to someone and them dying Mm. there's like it's on it's like not even describable how awful that is um i I mean especially in such a tragic way you know what i mean well when we think about the death of dumbledore and you know they're not close this year year six they're two little peas in a pod and it it, and it's only (laughs) when Ginny actively tries to get harry off of Dumbledore's body that he finally leaves the the bottom of the tower. Like, and and I know in seven, Harry thinks that, you know, he even says he didn't give a damn about me. I don't know who he loved, but it wasn't me. But that's only because he felt that Dumbledore kept so many secrets, but he kept so many secrets to be, be revealed. Like he intended for Snape to tell him all of these things. Well, and I think too that like but he, he didn't again because he died. Vol- or Dumbledore, I gotta call him Voldemort, is a human being and he has been hurt before. And so, yes, part of it is him saying like, "I I am intending for Snape to tell you these things," but also, yes, we're close. But especially during year six, he knows how it's going to end. He knows he's dying because he asked Snape. He's like, "Dude, at the end, like, it's not going to be don't don't let Draco kill me. You need to be the one to do it, right?" Uh, kind of like saving one soul be like not to say that snape is like already soulless but <laughs> he has one chunk of tomato <laughs> i mean he's got more tomatoes tomato. <laughs> he's got more tomato in his sauce than Voldemort has in his you we know what i'm saying i mean i don't think he has horcruxes but i don't i don't know we don't know his death eater but movies. with with that relationship he he himself is a guarded person where nobody knows a hundred percent of who Dumbledore is. He has those walls built up because he's been hurt in the past. Because like, if, if it's true, they say it's canon that he was very much in love with Grindelwald and that did not end well to the point where like he ends up dueling him years later, but also with the death of his sister. Do we ever see him in a romantic relationship since then? No, as far as we know, no. Uh, And he focuses more on his work and all of those things. And he doesn't really have a lot of attachments like that because he is guarded. In my opinion, I really thought that he and Madame Pomfrey would have a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Earmuffs, man. Uh, And it's just, you know, you don't always know. Like, I, I mean, I was close with my grandma, but there's things I find out now that I didn't know growing up with her, you know? And let's talk about that. Harry was really upset the fa- at the fact that he didn't know about Grindelwald. He didn't know about uh, Dumbledore's family and the whole Godric's Hollow connection that the two had together. But time was of the essence. 
And it wasn't necessarily the time to go strolling down memory lane of the Dumbledore family. But I also am think I that's, wrong? That's hard for Dumbledore to talk about. True. But am I? I mean, truthfully, this was all he even thinks this. It was all about Harry, Harry's, Harry's future, yes. Harry, blah, blah, blah. Because it was because it was pivotal. It was this moment. This is where we're at. You can't. How does that song go? It's a that pivotal, pivotal moment. moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. This kiss, this kiss. <laughs> That's the song that pops in my head when you said it, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) But it is. There's no time to have other conversations, in my opinion. I I don't disagree. I think it is is obviously of the essence that they're focusing on Harry and the Baltimore situation. But I really don't think that Dumbledore wants to talk about what happened. I think that's a hard conversation to have. He was... He... Also, I think he says something to this effect um, when Harry's dead, when he's on his little platform, um, that he didn't want Harry to know. Like, he didn't want Harry to think less of him because of his past. I mean, and that he valued Harry Potter that much. Yeah, I think that that's something that, you know when you idolize someone and then you hear stuff about that, like that, uh, not it, it kind of like brings them down a peg and he yeah. doesn't, not that like, no, he didn't want to be on a pedestal. Correct. But just like any other normal human, I don't want you to think that, you know, things I, I don't want, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to think lesser of me because of those things. Yeah. But uh, you also don't want to, I don't want to be, and, I don't want you to idolize me. And I think that like with, with Dumbledore, that whole situation, is something that he it's always in the back of his mind mm. for years because this happened what like <sighs> he was freshly out of school because it was like the summer after he is that, graduated is that the, like the 1910s i don't i think it's before then um like because that's it's literally the summer that he graduated hogwarts because he was going to be leaving soon with um that one guy whose name I can't remember. Elfius and he meets Grindelwald. Yes. Him and Dodge. We're going to get out of Dodge. Right. What? How's that saying go? Um, like that. And <laughs> so uh, Ariana Dumbledore dies in 1899. So like that summer. Oh, yeah. He meets so, Grindelwald. Like, they like it's fast and furious that like they're in love because driving by the cars. end of that summer, like she dies because of that whole thing where it's Aberforth and Albus and Grindelwald. And, um, for the rest of his life, that's, I think in the floor, not maybe not the forefront of his mind, but like, that's something he probably like, just do you want always on his mind? Do you want me to be honest? I really probably think it was his spell that killed her. It just feels that way. See, I kind of think that it wouldn't have might been Grindelwald, but Dumbledore blames himself for bringing him around his sister. He just is so afraid to to check. Yeah. Because they could have. Like, he could have known. Maybe he just wants to take the blame on for himself. You know, there's a lot of people that do that. I mean, he could have known for sure. He ain't dumb. He knows how to do that. He knows how to do priori and katana. Yeah. Okay. Let's get back to the chapter. Where are we? I don't even know. Okay. Um, da, da, da. He says during Harry's second year, I already said this facing Voldemort. Wait, I don't know. Um, 
came close to like the subject about his scar and why Harry has a scar. He's like, I did not tell you everything. He still thought that Harry was too young to know. He was like basically using the excuse that like 12 is hardly older than 11 after Harry had left like that. Cause if you remember year two, he's in his office, um, with the sword and you know, he's all bloodied up cause he literally just came back from the chamber that's a secret. And, uh, so then Harry leaves and he had felt he being double alert that maybe he should have told him, um, he was like, Oh, I should have told him like, this should have been the time, but he like really couldn't, um, couldn't bring himself because like, obviously they just went through like a traumatic thing, but like they were still kind of triumphant that they, they beat Voldemort again and he saved Ginny Weasley from the basilisk. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And he didn't want to put a damper on basically that night of triumph that Harry was feeling. Um, And as he stated before, Harry was still young and he didn't want to kind of ruin that. So he asks Harry if he can see that Dumbledore fell into the very trap that he himself said he must not fall into. He being Dumbledore. Right. And Harry's not really sure like what he means. Um, And that's kind of where we end. And I said, I want to talk about justice theory, but we're going to talk about that um, in a separate episode. Okay. But yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's a lot. So Dumbledore is talking about a lot of stuff that really, you know, and Dumbledore speak basically. All right. We're going to do three lightning bolt questions because this episode is insane. All right, Megan. All right. Lightning bolt questions. I'm only pulling three today because this episode is redonkulous long. so it was good though no it definitely was water out i disagreed with discord we were right the whole time about everything that we've talked about ever everything the first question comes from caitlin is voldemort a psychopath the traits are she lists the traits narcissism antisocial impulsive lack of guilt no empathy yes yes yeah, yeah, I think he I mean, totally that, that, fits. That uh, fits like a good old puzzle piece. Um, the next one. <laughs> so, wait, I've never heard that. What? what? Fits like a puzzle piece. <laughs> Is that? I don't think that's a saying. I think that's just a Tiffanyism. Well, Tiffany, I enjoy that. <laughs> um, <laughs> next question comes from Aubrey. If Dumbledore did know that the remaining Death Eaters were still at large, the reason he needed to hide and protect Harry, why do you think he didn't think of protecting the Longbottoms this way? Maybe because, I mean, Voldemort had already marked his equal. Quote, That's what quote, I was going to say. As, as hard as that sounds, I mean, I don't think that he necessarily was like, suck at Longbottoms, right. I'm not protecting you. No way. I think that he just did... Uh, you know, protected. But I also think, I mean, I completely a thousand percent agree, but also when you look at part of the protection with Harry is because of his mother's blood mm-hmm. and that was not the case with Neville. Hold on. Are we talking about before the Potters were attacked or after? Because this the Potters been were in hiding for a long time. Right. This so would have been the after. Longbottoms in hiding and they got found out. I don't think so. I guess my so question. They were just living willy nilly. I guess my question well, like, is, yeah, I don't really understand, like, 
how they were found. I would think that if Dumbledore was aware of the fact that Death Eaters were still at large, the Order of the Phoenix existed. So why were they not being more careful, I guess? Or maybe they were, and this was just a really hard situation, and they found them. Maybe they, because they were both Aurors, so maybe they weren't hiding because neither James nor Lily were Aurors. True. And... I was going to say something else, and I don't remember what that something else was. Well, Mia said um, <laughs> that she's guessing they left protection after Voldemort fell. So maybe they were under the influence that he was actually gone and things are going to be fine. If we're talking about after the Potters so, like, were attacked. Here's my question with the Potters, though, because it was quickly from if yeah, they were in hiding for so long, who was their secret keeper? Because the second like it was not long from Peter being the secret keeper to him betraying them. We talked about this. Yeah. Was that the episode that got stopped? I don't know. Oh my the Halloween God. one? Do you remember that? A long oh time my ago. Terrible. I remember terrible. when we talked. Yeah. The In my basement? Ep- mm-hmm. It's called The Lost Episode, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's a Felix file, right? Well, I know that we tried to do, um, when we, we talked about Salem, that whole thing was like. No, we were, like we were episode. in your basement. It was Lily we and doing- James. Lily and James and we were so deep we were saying some great things and then we realized it wasn't recording anymore mm-hmm. Jeez. and then we had to redo it yeah oh, it's wow. just never yeah. the same it still hurts me right in my gut to this mm-hmm. day obviously it doesn't hurt me because I don't remember <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're living now a that good I think life. about it I'm like I have an inkling of it happening but <laughs> okay <sighs> last question comes from Sam as the Horcruxes are splitting the soul in half each time, 50%, 25%, 12.5%, etc. Does that make the diary harder to damage than, say, Nagini or Voldemort himself as they contain a smaller piece of soul? Ooh. So if we think about, I like this question a lot, if we think about the diary and if we think about Basilisk Venom being one of the things that can destroy it, I think that Harry directly stabbing it with a fresh fang yeah. <laughs> is very that was the effective. best case scenario. So yeah, that but was think, that was um, pretty great. Was the diary not that this really matters, but I don't sure. think the diary was the first Horcrux. I have the ring was the first Horcrux. I believe that the diary was second. Was the first. Was it? Yeah, it says in Half-Blood Prince, I just actually listened to this today, it was the diary first and then the ring because Tom Riddle was wearing the ring when he asked Slughorn about multiple Horcruxes. So he had made one and he was inquiring what would happen to make more. Boom, look at that. That was really good. (laughs) Praise me. (laughs) Good job. Oh, thanks. Um, I'm smart because I just listened to it today. But do we think that they're so, harder to take down? Well, on the, lexi- would, well, on the lexicon, it yeah, does say the ring was first. It can't be. It says that Half-Blood it says Prince that says the diary no. is the second one because that was moaning Myrtle's death. So, OK, so this is what I'm just going to read off the lexicon here. It says Tom Riddle turns Marvolo Marvolo's ring into the first Horcrux in August of 1942. Shortly after murdering his father and grandparents, Tom Marvolo Riddle uses those murders to create a Horcrux from Marvolo Gaunt's heirloom ring. Then June 12th of 1943, Moaning Myrtle dies, and he uses that death 
to turn the diary into a horcrux in 43 okay. yeah, so it's I a think, year apart because i have i was gonna say because i have the the riddles that he killed were killed in 1942 um july what and did then, i read today then but you're not wrong there was something else that said that that it was the diary for like this is saying the diary first but this is stack exchange but there's like an article about um somewhere i remember reading where like well, or, uh, the author had like said like what kill went to which horcrux and everything um in 1942 as well on this timeline it says tom riddle meets with professor slughorn and asks him about horcruxes and he is wearing the ring that he stole from his uncle morphin at that time and morphin is the one right that he steals the ring framed? from. yes he framed him he modified his memory yeah. took his wand and they so he had already he created the, a the horcrux riddles. when he talked to professor slughorn because yeah he, i thought it was the diary i feel like that one Hold would on. be even Tense. more intense of a horcrux like is that one a different type of horcrux because what, he literally no the diary well okay like, so or okay, so wait hold on before before you say anything because i will forget so in half-blood prince dumbledore talks about the diary being like a throwaway horcrux okay and i say that i don't diary throw away yes so hold on okay here we go quote but don't you see, Harry, that if he intended the diary to be passed to or planted on some future Hogwarts student, he was being remarkably. I can't I don't know what that word is like. Reckless about the precious fragment of soul concealed within it. The point of a Horcrux is, as Professor Slughorn explained, to keep part of the self hidden and safe, not to fling it into somebody else's path and run the risk that they might destroy it as indeed happened that particular fragment of soul is no more you saw that the careless way in which Voldemort regarded this horcrux seemed almost ominous to me it suggested that he must have made or been planning to make more horcruxes well and i wonder too so the wait and here this is why i thought that and it says the loss of his first would not be so detrimental so he calls the diary his first okay that's why i think i'm right what Brandon's posting is that the diary was first, I believe. Did I read that wrong? I mean, yeah. Voldemort, or Voldemort. Dumbledore outright says it is. According to the Wikia, the, the, um, the diary was made June 1943 and the ring was October 1943. But what's interesting, though, is because um, Myrtle was used to make the diary right yes um it it's just but i know what i'm wondering is like how i guess that's such a massive thing to think of like how you want the murder to be immediately but like but do you like that's what you're how long like how long can it be and like what exactly entails but like that's something we don't need to know because that's just well and he intended harry's death to be his last one he thought that he was all about grandiose. Because according to the Wikia, Tom Riddle Sr., who his death is used to make the ring, died in August of 1943, right? Um, that's what the Wikia is saying. So I don't know where I got 1942 from. The lexicon um, says 1942. So that's interesting. 
Interesting. Mm. Sorry. That makes me think of something else. Um, and their sources are Half-Blood Prince and a Bloomsbury live chat. Well, F. Oh, well, this is saying it's using the <laughs> Goblet of Fire film. Okay. No. So. Well, the, so, I mean, at this point, and this is Half-Blood, you know, why would. I was going to say a lot of it's sorting Half-Blood Prince is like the diary was first. Here, I'm going to post, I'm going to post this quote right here for the Discordians. This is it. Says it. The loss of his first would not be so detrimental. So, okay, but so back to the original question here. I think that it is not, in my opinion, it's not so much how difficult they are to get rid of. I mean, of. technically, they're all difficult to, to destroy. It's not like you could just easily be like, right. right. to stab you with whatever. I do, fire. I do think, though... If you think about it, so like regardless, let's just say that the ring and the diary are interchangeably one and two. I would think that they're both pretty, if we were going by this math, that like they are splitting the soul in half each time. So it's 50, 25, 12 and a half, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that it's more so the purpose of the Horcrux and how he created it that gives it its difficulty versus its percentage so like the diary i think is a very dangerous horcrux because it it's all about manipulation and it's actually like Mm -hmm. it's a horcrux that you interact with and it's a horcrux Mm -hmm. so like that's a very dangerous horcrux and i don't know if it's because it's like the the locket right like yeah. whereas and and we don't know much about like what it took to destroy the ring but like we know the consequences of that so that was obviously also a very powerful horcrux as well i mean i th- i think that like say someone found the diadem early on and was wanting to be that type of person to wear it every day that's going to affect you as well like For i sure. think that like mm-hmm. each each one like whatever you put into it it's going to like yeah. feed off of that so i don't and know if- it, like there's actually yeah i mean i'm not i mean i'm open to discussion on which was first i'm not sure i need i need a more definitive timeline but i just i mean what what did the bloomsbury chat say is it direct i'm trying it's a lot so i i will read it and we can go back to this but i have it if it's directly from the author then i will definitely take a seat but that's a there's an enter- entertainment ten- wait nope it's entertainment weekly article from 2018 that's talk that says like the timeline is we know that Voldemort's birth is December 31st 1926 um and then it jumps to June 13th 1942 that's when Myrtle Moaning Myrtle dies and then it becomes his first horcrux which he's saying is the diary the right? diary yeah and then in August of 1943, but it doesn't tell me like where they're getting this stuff from either. So Tom Riddle murders his father. Um, and then he makes the ring a Horcrux. And then next is like Hepzibah Smith. She's becomes the, uh, cup, right? Yeah. Not yeah. become, she doesn't become a cup. Well, she even, she's the death that <laughs> creates the, the cup. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. 
I have Horcrux questions. Mia's not what? wrong when she says that the author may have gotten timelines mixed up. Correct. Of She's the been, she style. also, like, the author has been known yeah. to say that she does not, is not good with yeah. dates and such things. Also she got fair. all of the Weasley's births, like, and years. Like, she said they're like, oh, they're this many years apart and then got all their birth years wrong. Not all of them, but. I think that um, it's safe to say that the diary and the ring were the first two. Yeah. Let's yeah. just say that. Katie, but what's your question? According to this, you know, yeah. I have two. So, okay. Like, say you make a Horcrux when you're 100. If that part of your soul comes back, are you 100? Because, like, when Tom Riddle came back to the diary, he was 16. Well, that that brings up the, the, the question, do souls age? That, too. Maybe it has to do with when, yeah, when you created it, that's what you... And then... Come back as. Yeah. And then... There'd be such a waste at 100 if you only live to be... Like hundred and like twenty five years. Didn't like Dumbledore years. seem younger at, at uh, Harry's King Cross? King's Cross. I think Didn't so. Seem, not young, but like younger. But think and, of like once you're gone, you know. like you don't have all the burdens that you had on life. So like, well, he was happy that Harry was fulfilling his destiny and and what he pulled his little puppet strings for. Yeah. And then other question: When you come, if you come back from a Horcrux piece of soul, like. The diary seems that's the only time we ever see Voldemort like almost come back besides him actually mm-hmm. getting his body. So like, is it possible that the locket eventually would have fed off of the trio enough to form a body? I think so. You know what I'm saying? Like, how but do think- you materialize? And if Tom Riddle had come back as a 16 year old, what about the, the Voldemort, you know, misting around in the Albania forest? What happens? Are there two Voldemorts? Maybe they merge. Um, Maybe that would be the body that. he goes into. I, yeah, I would think that that piece of soul could latch on to the 16-year-old Voldemort. Maybe, okay, this and is And become like- stronger that way. So maybe it's like water molecules because water is attracted to itself. So like if you put two beads Science. of water together and you mess them, they like merge into being like one bigger little molecule of water. So I wonder if like like cults to like where yes it's Voldemort being whatever he is in the Albanian forest and he sees you know he's got his body back um <laughs> My and body's gone. he like and they become like one does that make any sense yeah I've just yeah. never thought of these things but I think that like I, I think that it's easier so like with the with the diary being the, a diary I think it's easier to pour yourself into that to help the soul that's in there to become a human or whatever, become whatever he is. Um, that, um, it just would take longer for the other objects. Um, and for a Sam that says, doesn't that defeat the purpose of a Horcrux? I think that like, because there's two parts of a soul that like, he's not, it's not Voldemort being a huge, like having his body back. It's like whatever he was pre having his body back post, trying to kill harry so like he's not really he doesn't have a body so i think that would be like I mean, he is coming back and he has a body like i think that the the, the thing it. is if if he dies and a horcrux is used to bring him back i think that that horcrux goes away that's why he created yeah. so many it, because it's it really though. just a one fall but he was back. never gone but he was never that's, officially gone but he wasn't gone because of a horcrux. But he was able to come back in a different way because of that potion. He, I, I don't know. 
I get what you mean, Megan. Yeah. I'm with Why you. didn't he I agree have? With you. Like, if he had come back with sure the diary, I don't think the diary could have recreated Voldemort over and over and over again if he got recreated as the Horcrux and Correct. then died. Like, if he became Correct. Tom Riddle again through that diary, the diary would just be a diary after that. I agree. It's weird. But that... I think that, like, go, go on, Katie. It's weird that he didn't oh, use a Horcrux to come back to his body. I know he did it for, like, to use Harry's blood and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah. like, you didn't use a Horcrux at blah, all. Blah, blah, blah. Do not say blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Maybe there is no way for for that soul that's whipping around pre-body, <laughs> floating around like little Casper. Maybe there's no Casper. way for that 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 part of his soul to join yeah. a Horcrux part of his soul. So like he had to figure out. Do you have to some be other buy way. a Horcrux in order to use it to come back? Wait, resp- I don't right, know. what do you Can think? you like Accio like, Horcrux? Like, you have to buy. Be buy oh. it. Like be buy. near. You have to buy it. I need to buy my own soul back. <laughs> I made you, but may I also purchase you? Uh, we are gonna right. have a Horcrux party. Um. Well, that is all the lightning bolt questions. Sorry, I, I added like end. heavy ones on there. So. I know. No, it's <laughs> nobody got my brain hurts. Bingo today. <sighs> no bingo. So give a hundred points to Gryffindor. Well, no. Tiffany, <laughs> Gryffindor won the house cup <gasps> again. Whoa. <laughs> wearing anything podcast or I'm wearing Harry Potter stuff today what up Deathly Hollows? so congrats I'm wearing a shirt that people kept asking me about Gryffindor go go Gryffindor go go for Peja and Poston house pup wins maybe house pup actually this needs to be for Fozzie Bear because today is Fozzie Bear's eighth birthday Aw, truth. Happy birthday, Foz. For Hufflepuffs and something else. I don't know. And Pesha. Pesha had sure. Oh, Brandon, I get it. Sure. It's yeah, House it. Cup, but with peas for Pesha. We're not quite done yet, oh, though. Oh, House Cup. Okay. Let's do a Give me the fan story. <sighs> Touching a yawn. All right. Sorry, I... Do it all with um, Fs for Fozzie Bear. Give me something like that, Brandon. Yeah. Get your job. <laughs> all right. This fan story comes from Annabelle. (laughs) Hello, wonderful Swish family. I can't fully remember how I first fell in love with Harry Potter. I'm a similar age to you guys and my memory is terrible. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I do remember having the first book read to us in grade three. And I remember years later having a classmate ruin the last book for me by screaming, Fred dies in class because he was a (gasps) bleepster. But I have always turned to Potter in times of need, rereading and rereading the first book during a terrible breakup and other times I've needed comfort. But I wanted to share my recent return to Potter. This year has turned out to be a very tough one. I started having panic attacks. My boyfriend has been away a lot, which I find difficult, and I had to leave my home and move back with my parents after an aggravated burglary left my housemates and I feeling unsafe in our own home. All of this is going down while I'm completing my honors year at university. Stressful times. Reading Harry Potter again has been an incredible comfort. Taking breaks in my day to sit down and read allowed me to totally escape. The stories are so captivating, I would forget all the stress for a while. When I could feel a panic coming on, reading the book would focus me and hold it back. I would be so immersed in the story. I'm studying fashion design, so a lot of my work is hands-on making. This meant I couldn't have my Potter security blanket while working, so I searched for a podcast to fill the Potter void and the boring hours of fabric cutting and sewing. That's how I found you all. 
Having started listening earlier this year, I am now just a few episodes from up to date and have no idea what I'll do when I have to wait for each episode to come out. Your laughter and joy have made long days and nights so much better. You've also given me so much more insight into the stories I love so much. There have been so many times where I've had to stop working for a moment and digest because you've just blown my tiny mind. So I just wanted to say thank you for keeping me company through a crappy year and for all your hard work. Not only are you keeping the joy of Potter thriving, but you're helping me mm-hmm. to find more to love in these stories than ever. Thank you. Also, my house is Gryffindor, though I feel more like a puff or a claw. Wand is Larchwood, mm-hmm. 11 and 3 quarter inches, Phoenix feather core, and slightly springy. And my Patronus is a white mare, which I unfortunately feel zero affinity with. It's a long Potter story. You say not to apologize, but still, I'm going to say it anyway. Don't apologize. <sighs> Thanks again. Your podcast is for a greater good of the best kind. Annabelle from Melbourne, Australia. So cool. I am sorry for all that stuff you went through. And I am glad that you are on the other side safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. But you have the kindest words and that made me feel super good. I just. I know it's like super simple, but I get really excited. That's why I said it's so cool because people from Australia listen to us. <laughs> like that to me is so cool. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. I always think it's cool. Like when I hear people like do stuff like fashion design, cause I wouldn't be successful at that. And I think it's really cool when people can like, I've been watching a lot of people on the internet, like make things and I want to do that, but I don't know how. So I'm like, props to people that can do that. Or like, that can draw. Man, I can't draw worth a lick. <laughs> I just have to one that thing can. to say. Old cheeseburger lady. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't draw her. Oh, man. Was not me. It was my finest hour. <laughs> the talent that other people have, man. <laughs> I applaud you. I'm glad that you're in my house. But... I know you feel like a puffer claw, but just embrace your inner lion. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell me a joke. So this isn't my joke, but I did. There is a joke that says, "What kind of shoes do Death Eaters wear?" And it says Horcrocs. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy. So I'm gonna check that off because we've That's already funny. covered that one. Okay, how many? <laughs> uh, how many bananas can Voldemort eat? <gasps> I don't know. Avada bananas. <laughs> that's good i have an earth day joke bring it oh yeah happy joke. earth day bring it to me why are people always tired on earth day because they just finished a march <laughs> oh <laughs> how can you tell the ocean is friendly it waves oh my oh, god that's a cute one i, I like, like that, that. one <sighs> Why did the sun go to school? To get brighter. <laughs> this is a funny one. What kind of shorts do clouds wear? Thunderwear. Oh my God. Thunderwear. <laughs> <sighs> Make oh sure gosh. that you follow your hosts on social media. Myself and Katie are on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at the Peaches Family. Tiffany's on Twitter and Instagram at Tiff Swish underscore flick. And Sarah is on Instagram at O'Malley with three H's. Bing. Bing. What you up to? Well, Megan, I'm glad you asked. 
No, I just started um, a new Zelda game that is an oldie but a goodie and remastered on the Switch. So I haven't played this before, but I am now playing um, Link's Awakening. And I started it last night, and I'm pretty excited. The art style is super cute. I love it, too. It's so much fun. Yeah, I knew you would. Actually, you know what I saw, and I didn't know if it was a real thing? That there's, like, some... And I... You could totally tell that i'm like a newbie when it comes to these things and know nothing about video games but there's an augmented reality thing with like um mario kart where you have them and you set up a track like i saw if you watch good mythical morning they were doing this on their good mythical more show where they set up a track and one was mario and one was luigi and like they have little carts and you drive them through the the course that's like in real life like it has got a camera yeah and i was like i thought this was like something they were making up and then the one link was talking about it and he's like well it's not sponsored so don't really talk about it but i was like no please do because like i want to know what this is <laughs> that's a one game i'm good at racing games <laughs> you love racing games um so yeah i started that and i'm pretty excited i'm what am i doing i don't know i'm working out Katie and I are creating our own workout calendar mm-hmm. that we are starting on Monday. Watch out. Going to get swole. About, about to be super swole. <laughs> which, way to, which way to Hogwarts? <laughs> that's what that's we're gonna the caption. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, still doing that. I'm on chapter 13 of A Court of Thorns and Roses. Haven't read it since last Friday. It's so good. It is good. It is good. If I had, I don't know. I try and do too much, but it is what it is. It's good. And I don't know, just kind of living day by day. Day by day. Fozzie Bear's birthday. He's eight and he's beautiful and a sweet boy. (laughs) Lady Supreme is um, wild and opinionated. And <laughs> set in her ways like an 85-year-old woman would be. <laughs> so we're dealing with that. Parents know what I'm talking about. Almost got a three-nager. <laughs> Gosh, man. <laughs> no, she's good. She's sweet and she's she's kind and we get good reports she's from just school. She's fiercely independent. She likes to do it all, let me tell you. I love her to bits and pieces. Yeah, it's good she's cute, you know? She's good. We'll keep her. She told me tonight. Oh, I have to tell this story and then I'm done. So we're driving home and there's a medical center. And she's she's talking to me and she's like, look, do you see what I see? I'm like, yeah. She's like, there's there's buildings and houses. I said, yeah, yeah, there's a restaurant. And I said, there's a medical center. And I pointed to it and we're at this red light. And I turn around and look at her. She says, no. That's a donut factory. (laughs) And I said, what? I said, how do you know what a factory is? What do they do there? She says, they make cakes and cookies. And I said, well, do you think they make donuts if it's a donut factory? And she says, yeah. And I said, where did you learn all this? Or I said, how do you know this? And she goes, I don't know, but I learned it somewhere. (laughs) Like literally, she literally said that to me. Those words. I don't know, but I learned it somewhere. (laughs) 
And I was just floored with my child. That's hilarious. She's ex- she's exceptionally bright and she's going to do wonderful things someday. And I can't wait to see her grow. That's Enough funny. Um, I have been planning the heck out of vacations, like genuinely. Uh, it's been crazy how much people are traveling this summer and fall. But I'm looking forward to it. Um, and yeah, if anybody wants to plan a trip to Disney or Universal, hit me up. You can feel free to just like message me through Facebook or Instagram. And I can send you my little quote form request. It's free. Um, FTJ by Megan on Instagram. FTJ by Megan Petrus on like Facebook and stuff. So hit me up if you're interested. And then other than that, I am still reading Addie LaRue. I haven't read it in a couple of days. Not because I don't like it, because I do. I just like have too much content to take in. And I'm like, (laughs) have to pick and choose what I do. We're actually watching Game of Thrones, um, which we have never done. So kind of excited about that. Get ready for your disappointed season what, finale what episode series are you on? finale we're on the like, season finale of season one yeah today oh, we're, gonna, we're literally okay, like okay just yeah. at the start of the you, commitment well i don't know so here's the thing were people who watched the show were they only were they disappointed with the the series finale the books are not finished yet i know what you're going to okay. so that they've just make it up so from my understanding and he correct gave me if I'm wrong, people in the freedom, I well i think he was like this is kind of how we want it to end but they yeah there wasn't there were no books to go off of and i did not care for the ending on several parts i watched a lot of the episodes too like i don't like this and not just with that show but there's episodes where like it's so dark i can't see anything oh, yeah like and that happens in a lot of shows and a lot of like Harry Potter movies as they go from four on I am telling no like for the first like I swear for like majority of that season like they were fighting at night and I could not see anything um Mm. yeah I didn't care for the end I watched this series finale I will say there's there's some there's some things that happened in the final season that I was not shocked at but a lot of people were and it was like they were building up to this like one thing Mm. and i was like y'all how did you not see that coming i've watched I called it way before i've watched most of season one and then the series finale and i just gotta tell you guys i just don't have an interest it's not a, it's not a tiffany it's show. not a tiffany show it's just not i'm not mad about it i'm not left out of anything y'all are right. mad so i'm just gonna stay over here happy yeah, <laughs> i'm intrigued so we'll see how it goes. I mean, I liked them. No, you go um, and enjoy. I, I, I mean, it's gory. You've got lots of seasons ahead of you. But it's, it's gory and raw for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What am I doing? What am I doing? Uh, hosting <laughs> in laws, which has been fun. It's been a good time. Um, it's good to have visitors again. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. And now I just want a donut. That's all I can think about because of Tiffany's story. I want to go to the donut right. factory. <laughs> um, it's kind of it. Just yeah, just like spending time with family. You know, it's only really been like the main focus. 
Yep. Oh, also 21 day fix extreme real times really hard. And I'm it's glad really hard. that I'm switching yeah. to something different. <laughs> it's really it's hard. really tough. <laughs> it's really hard. You can go now, Sarah. Uh, same old, same old. I've been reading, so I don't <laughs> think I finished Six of Crows by the time I recorded last week. I finished that. I finished um, this book called Wicked, and it's by the same author that did Blood of Ash series. Um, and there's a trilogy and there's like a movie coming out on, it was just this whole funny thing, but I read that. I enjoyed it. It was all right. Um, I'll read the other two. I just have other books I'm currently reading. I started, I'm in the middle of two. So I'm reading the bridge kingdom, which is just okay. And I stopped, I paused to read, I paused to read wicked, the wicked trilogy first book in that and finished that one. But I'm like, meh, I'll eventually go back to it. It's just all right. And then um so the blood and blood and ash series the third book came out on tuesday and i was telling this to tiffany so like i i pre-ordered it on amazon and so it was like oh it's gonna get to you on thursday so i was like annoyed but whatever so i bought the um ebook so i could start reading it and i did this also with um a court of silver flames because i was like i needed i actually waited a day because i for that one, it like came out like on a Monday and I bought like the ebook, like on a Tuesday or something, but I didn't wait for this one. Cause I was like, I just want to start reading it. So the third one is called a crown of gilded bones. I've been reading that one. And then I just realized that like, I guess I thought it was only three books, but I guess like there's a fourth one coming after this one, because like it doesn't, it's like ends on a cliffhanger. And I was like, what? Which I haven't, I, I'm, I'm not even in the middle of it, but I did skip ahead to see. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> because I need, needed to know. Um, but I'm gonna, so like, I just have more books I want to read for this month. I surpassed my, or I haven't technically surpassed it, but I've reached my good read books for the year. I said I wanted to read 24 books this year. I've hit that. Um, and we'll <laughs> hopefully go over it this month because I'm going to finish this book. I have Crooked Kingdom, which is the second of, second in the duology of like it's Six of Crows and then Crooked Kingdom which is all in the Grisha verse or Grisha verse, however you pronounce it. Cause that shadow and bone series is coming out this weekend and I'm very excited for it. Um, and that's how I read those books so quickly because I wanted to read them before the show came out. Um, and what else am I doing? That's pretty much it. Um, I've been watching that Zoe's extraordinary playlist. God, that's such a good show. And I love watching shows with attractive people in it. And let me tell you that people in that show are so attractive. Plus they're singing. And the episode that just came out, they sang an NSYNC song. And I was like, yes, yeah. So then I made a playlist of um, my childhood songs, which is a lot of NSYNC, Spice Girls, Backstreet Boys, a smattering of others. Um, Good choice. So yeah, I am excited. Yeah, Britney's on that playlist. Christina Aguilera's on that playlist. I'm a genie in a um, bottle, baby. I don't think I had that song on oh, there, surprisingly. Oh, yeah. I just looked to see how many, like when I was making it, how many um, songs I put on there. I don't know how many songs, but at one point it was 10 hours of listening. And I was like, that's a lot. That's a lot. 10 hours and 22 minutes of listening. Um, so, yeah, my plan this weekend is to finish some books. Um. So this far, I think this month I've read like six. We'll see how it goes. There's still time left in April. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got to finish this one. 
that bridge kingdom one is like just okay um but i will also be watching that show this weekend so that's my plan i've got nothing else going on it snowed in cleveland which is stupid boo lame and then uh supposed to be in the 70s next week welcome to ohio my friends it did not snow here well i mean it would be shocking if it did <laughs> it rained it a lot yeah as always if you have book recommendations you can send them my way because i'll never stop reading which is probably a lie but you know it is what it is <laughs> Hmm. Did you are everybody went right? Yeah. Yeah. Can I add something? Sure. <laughs> then wrap this no, up. I've been, I've been watching a lot of documentaries lately. I was just putting it into our Discord. So I watched um Dirty Money, The Rachel Divide, Team Foxcatcher, and The Innocent Man. Totally forgot that I had um HBO Max. Went on to there, looked at their documentaries gonna be a difficult one to get through but i started um uh shoot uh pharaoh versus allen or allen versus pharaoh uh, the woody allen and mia pharaoh one mm. um definitely uh let me say none of the documentaries that i watch are for children let me put it that way if you have hbo max you should watch the uh the q on one Okay. Yeah. So definitely, definitely not, not for kids are usually the, the documentaries that I watch. Um, so, so don't, if you're a child, don't watch those. And if you're a parent, just be warned. <laughs> those are some heavy hitting ones that are definitely not kid friendly, but, um, learning a lot. I, I like to learn, people's stories i think that's the documentaries that i like am intrigued the most is just hearing people's stories and so that's that's what i do anyways that's all i wanted to share because i'm into uh good docs but yeah so this is for what for fozzy and friendship <laughs> sure for fozzy and friendship that dog has been with me through thick and thin i love that pooch He's a good happy, dog. Happy birthday, quality pooch. He's a quality pooch. Happy pooch. birthday to all April babies, and I'd like to say that yeah. uh, we're the best. I agree. Facts. Aries forever. Well, also Tauruses. Whatever. They all have horns. All right. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and don't let the muggles get you down. <gasps> Amazing. Just my voice. <laughs> So you want to hear something super sad about crying in the shower is the best way to do because you <laughs> spit out whatever she was drinking. <laughs> She's broken. <laughs> the wheezing. <laughs> Need a tissue. Why did you say that? <laughs> because I love, I like crying in the shower because like you don't You're know. So is it is it tears or is it shower? You don't know. <laughs> I had a whole, a whole mouthful of water. It's all over my blanket. <laughs> That's what you get. For what? 
For, I don't know. <laughs> when you let your heart win. <laughs>